Blog Talk Radio.
Jesus. Praise you, God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for this day. We thank you, mighty Lord, mighty God of glory and honor. And praise the Lord be unto you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Shalom, my Lord. Praise you, Lord. Praise you, God. Praise you, Jesus. Praise you, mighty Lord. We thank you, Lord Jesus, for this day, Lord. Oh, Lord Jesus, forgive us our sin and trespasses, Lord Jesus. We bind our strong men and no hindering spirit, Lord. Send 900 billion trillion words, angel, Lord. For not to salvage the West, Lord, to clean out my home, clean out this office, clean out everyone's home, everyone's office, everyone's life. In Jesus' name, Yeshua, name, Jehoshaphat, be by, be by no spirit of darkness, Lord Jesus, at times to oppose this night, Lord, that we may share your word in Jesus' name, Yeshua, name. Mighty Lord, mighty God, in Jesus' name, cover everyone with your blood, Lord Jesus. Lord, cover everyone listening with your blood. Lord, in Jesus' name, use me as a vessel for your glory, O Lord, O God, in Jesus' name, Lord. Mighty Lord, mighty God. Shalom, my brothers and sisters. Welcome to the Lord's power. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. What a mighty God. What a mighty Lord we serve. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. We thank you, God. I just had I just had this verse come out to my to me, and I didn't even notice out the Geneva. It just it just says it differently. Uh, my well beloved spake and said unto me, Arise, my love, my fair one, and come thy way. Thank you, Lord. M- my well beloved is mine, and I in his. He feedeth, he feedeth among the, the lilies. Thank you, Lord. Jesus loved his bride in his hallelujah and love with his bride to see her soon. Hallelujah. To welcome her soon to heaven. Thank you, Jesus. He's going to welcome his beloved, his bride to heaven. Thank you, Jesus. And then uh, uh, Sons of Solomon 6-2. I am my well-beloved. The, the King James said, "I am my, I am my beloved. I am well beloved. In my, in my well beloved is mine. So I'm his, and he's mine. Remember this, brothers and sisters. Jesus is our, ours, beloved, and we are his. Thank you, Lord. And as much as you want to be with him, he also wants to be with you. Thank you, Lord. He, he." If you adore him, he loves you. He loves everything uh, we have to say. Uh, this past week, um, I had a wonderful, wonderful revelation from the Father. Thank you, Jesus. And I want to share that tonight. Just to, I want to encourage you tonight to continue to seek the Lord, to continue to repent. Thank you, Lord. Continue to repent, my brothers and sisters. Thank you, Lord. Praise you, God. Thank you, Jesus. What a mighty God we serve. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. I'm, I'm thinking where to start, where to start, because I, I don't want to miss to say anything that I know will be a blessing to my brothers and sisters. Amen. Well, this past few days, um, I was at, I heard a word of this brother that sent me a word, and the word says, my people don't want to come home with me, Jesus said to him. He says he went near the beach uh, riding his bike, 
and um, he was meditating on the word as he was reading the word. And the voice of the Lord came to him. Thank you, Jesus. And what the Lord says to him was, my bride don't want to come home with me. How, how, how did the Lord know this? If you are not repenting daily, if you're not seeking him daily to go home with him, he knows that you are not, you do not want to come home with, with him. So please, my brothers and sisters, prepare to go home with the Lord. He loves you. And that made me very sad. So sad that I began to tell the Lord, please just take me home, Lord. Just take me home, take me home, take me home. There were things happening. I was telling the Lord, and I was telling the Lord how bad it was down here that I just wanted to go home. There was no justice down here. And things happening, brothers and sisters. Hallelujah. And I tell you this, that uh, a couple of days that I kept praying the same prayer to the Lord just to take me home, Jesus spoke to me and said, pray for my will to be done. Pray for my will. My will be done in your life. I said, okay, Lord. Amen. There's your will. Hallelujah. Praise you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Jesus loves each and one of us so much, but he also wants us to desire to come home with him. What it, after the Lord was working in my heart uh, that same day, that same morning, uh, the Lord took me to the millennium. In the millennium, I had a few brothers and sisters and a friend of mine that went to school with me in New Jersey, high school. Hallelujah. And I tell you that he's been struggling to serve the Lord. He's been going to church, and he's been struggling to serve the Lord. And he came to Bethany this, this past summer, and he was telling me, oh, I don't want to be a hypocrite. I don't want to go to church and pretend that I am a committed Christian when I am not. I don't want to pretend to be serving the Lord when I am not really doing so. And as he was talking to me, the Lord Jesus spoke to me and said to me, tell him that I love him. The Lord loves sincerity, brothers and sisters. He loves when we are sincere. The Lord don't like it when we are hypocrites. And Jesus said, tell him that I love him. His voice came so sweet. And when I told him that Jesus loved him, tear, hallelujah, tear came out of his eyes. It tells you that he really loves the Lord. He is just not committed. And the Lord says, tell him to ask me to help him, that I, I can help him. And as I say this, he says, oh, thank you for that word. He knew it came from God. I don't know if he ever heard God before he spoke to him. But he, he, he did, and, and he, he was so sweet. Oh, when, when the Lord took me this week to the millennium, he was behind me, and I said, follow me in the millennium. And, he, and I saw him. He looked so happy, so curious. And, and um, he, my brother was there. And a few other people were there that I knew. And I said, follow me. I'm going to show you something. And we were walking down this valley. In the valley, we had like a hallway, a few-mile hallway in the valley. 
And at the end of the hallway, I can see Father God there. He was not totally revealed to me. But I I knew I was Father God. And the glory of Father God was coming our way from that end there. And it was so powerful. That giant Father God was all the way down there, a few miles. And we can see Father God in, 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 in the glory of Father God coming out of his presence can knock you down, brothers and sisters. And, and he said, who is that? And I said, that's Father God. And, and people were holding to the rocks. To the, to the wall of the mountain, people were, were, were holding up from it. And out of where Father God was, was, was these 99 feet tall angels were coming from the presence of Father God. People were climbing the mountain 50, 40, 70 feet, just way high to the angel. And I thought it was so awesome. I was not afraid. I said to I said to the people, I'm not afraid. I've seen Father before. He's powerful. He's awesome. And it was like Father God was looking at me and smiled. Thank you all the way from a few miles away. But the, the, the glory of Father God is so strong. These angels, 99 feet tall. And the sweetest things that I saw that we saw there were human at the same side of these angels. And someone said, where, where did these human come from? People are not that big, that tall. And immediately was revealed to me that these humans were at the beginning. Brothers and sisters, God made all these things. But it was incredible. Well, it makes sense because they have found bones like human that tall. Brothers and sisters, and I saw them in the millennium. It was a revelation to us from Father. Thank you, Lord. And I mean, I was not given all the explanation about it. If people would, ask, would say, explain these things to me. I give you what I was, what it was revealed to, be at the, to me at the moment. Because there's more things that are going to be revealed to us. But in the millennium, I believe that if they are revealed to us now, people will say, where's that in the Bible? Praise the Lord. Or oh, that, that's not as specific in the Bible. Amen. But people ignore that God made the heavens and the earth at the beginning. What was made there was not detailed to us. It was not detailed to us. Praise you, Lord. But God is going to reveal so much to us. And I believe it's going to be in the millennium. Why? Because we're going to have a glorified body. We're going to have a new life. And we are not going to have all this doubt and unbelief from the pet of hell, from the heart of Satan. We are going to have a clear mind. Hallelujah. And a clear understanding. And as God that begins to unfold these things to us in the millennium, we can say, oh, wow, this is, we're not going to say, I doubt it, or I don't believe it. Like some people say, hallelujah. That's why the Lord has told me from the beginning, my son, repent, pride, 
doubt and unbelief because it's hunting humanity. Pride and unbelief have been hunting humanity for thousands of years. And some of the angels coming out of the presence of God will wave to us. Hi, with a smile. Hi, these giants. And you can see, I can see my friend Raphael all happy, so excited for this. Brothers and sisters, people in the millennium were excited for this revelation of God. And I'm glad that it's, this is going to happen in the millennium. Because if it happens right here, right now, man, oh, man, it will, it will be a disaster, I tell you. But in the millennium, it's perfect. A new life, a new earth, brothers and sisters. Thank you, Jesus. So, Father God is excited for the millennium. Are you excited? New heaven and new earth. How excited are you? Spend time with God. To spend time with Jesus. To spend time with the Holy Spirit. No more. Praise you, Lord. Waiting on God for this or not. Things will be given to you right there. Praise you, Lord. God is going to reveal himself to you right there in front of your eyes. You don't need to have a preacher telling you about these things. I will be there telling you about these things. This is going to be you and God forevermore. Hallelujah. Isn't that worth it, brothers and sisters? No more devil. He will be locked up in hell and chained. Praise you, Lord. We should be excited. Jesus, I remember Jesus telling, telling me, talk to them about the millennium. I said, Lord, what about the rapture? The rapture's a done deal, he said. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. Well, last night, I was visiting the church here in North Carolina. I was invited to preach, brothers and sisters. And praise you, Lord, uh, this brother... What we were saying was telling me how he was wrestling demon there. And he had to be anointing that room where we stay. And I said, don't worry. I'm going to ask the Lord to send angel to anoint it tonight because we were staying there with my family. Praise you, Lord. And when my, when my two kids and my wife went to sleep, I was in prayer with the Lord, brothers and sisters. And I noticed that the demon was coming against me there. But I, I, you know, I just kept rebuking them. I kept calling Jesus. I can, the only thing that I had in my heart and my eyes, I just, I just call the Lord. He'll take care of the problem for me. If this is a problem, it's not going to be a problem any longer. I'll call Jesus. He knows what to do with them. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. Brothers and sisters, hallelujah, after 1243, hallelujah, around 1230, after the presence of God came over the room, the anointing of Jesus, I saw Jesus walking into the room this morning. It was so awesome to see the Lord in his presence cover me completely in the room. It was so awesome. Praise the Lord. He came in there, and I knew he had a plan to come in there. He did show me a few things, brothers and sisters. Praise you, Lord, afterwards. Praise you, Lord. But remember who overcame on the cross. Remember who overcame who on the cross. You don't need to be afraid. You don't need to walk on the feet of the devil. 
Remember who overcame who on the cross. Hallelujah. Who makes you and I more than overcomer? It is the Lord. You don't need to be afraid. You don't need to walk under fear. Jesus loves you. Hallelujah. He loves you. And he overcame to make you and I more than overcomer. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise you, God. Praise you, Lord. God is so awesome. We serve such a wonderful God, brothers and sisters. Thank you, Lord. In case you were wondering, why have you been going through all the things you have been going through in your life? Well, I'm going to give you a Bible verse that is going to give you peace and help you understand the purpose of God. And that is Romans 8.28. Also, we know that all things work together for the best unto them. God wants the best thing for you. Your father wants the best thing for you. That's why he gave you Jesus. Work together for the best unto them that love God. Even to them that are called of his purpose. God did not call you just to bother you. God called you because he had a purpose with you. God has a purpose, an eternal purpose with your life. Thank you, Jesus. God has an eternal, eternal purpose with you. He's not calling you for a couple months or a couple years. Don't go back. Don't backslide. But stay Push forward in Christ because the purpose of God for you is eternal life in Christ Jesus. Thank you, Lord. So we also know, said the Apostle Paul, that all things work together. It's going to work together. God is working together with you. Christ is working together with you. Why is he working together? God put has Holy Spirit in your life. Christ is in you. God is in you. Why is Father God, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit in your life? Why is the eternal God in your life? To make all things work together for the best to you, for the best things to happen to your life. The best thing that ever happened to you was to re- for you to receive Christ into your life. For you to receive the Holy Spirit into your life. That was the best thing that ever happened to you and I. And everything else is being added unto you and I, brothers and sisters. Everything else, the best of everything, is being worked for you and I by God. He is working it for you and I, brothers and sisters. And he's working it day and night. Day and night, God is working his best for you and I. You may not see that now. You may not understand that now. But God wants you to trust him. Can you trust him in the midst of all? Thank you, Jesus. Trust him. You don't need to see it. You don't need to touch it. You just need to trust him. You just need to believe. I learned 
that God wants to give us the gift of hope. How many of us, how many of you listening have the gift of hope? I didn't even know hope was a gift. I began to pray to the Lord for the gift of hope. And I was praying for two days for this gift. Until I hear from the Lord that he will give me the gift of hope, I did not stop. I said, Lord, this morning, give me the gift of hope. Until the Lord says, okay, I'm giving you the gift of hope. And he put it into my life. He gave me the gift into my spirit. I felt him giving me the gift of hope. Praise the Lord. Oh, man, I heard about it. And I was not going to stop chasing the Lord to give it to me. Praise the Lord. Now I need to grow in the gift of hope. Because the gift of hope gives you hope. In the midst of all that that is not hope, (laughs) you receive hope. You have hope. You don't struggle with hope anymore. That's why I wanted it, brothers and sisters. Thank you, Lord. We need hope. We need to hope. And we need to hope in Jesus. We need to hope in God, brothers and sisters. Pray for those gifts, brother. Because, brothers and sisters, when we receive those gifts, those are like armors for our work with God. We are being armed as a soldier. The military needs to arm the soldier. But I go beyond the soldier level. I go to the Navy SEAL level. Jesus Christ walked like a Navy SEAL. Remember when the disciple, hallelujah, when Jesus told told the disciple after they wanted to stone him, that he wanted to go back to Jerusalem. Well, the Navy SEAL are being trained to be ghosts. We are being trained to be filled with the Holy Ghost. Thank you, Lord. They need to learn how to be ghosts when they are sent to a mission. They are not sent to go defeat the enemy. They are, go, they are sent to go to get to know the enemy and prepare everything for the army that comes after them. That's what they do. They guard the intelligence. Praise the Lord. Jesus went into the wedding of Canaan. Unknowingly, like a ghost, like a Navy SEAL, but full of the Holy Ghost. He went into the wedding like a Navy SEAL. The disciples did not see. There was a time he disappeared from the multitude. Jesus disappeared like a Navy SEAL from the multitude. No one know where did he go. Sometimes the disciple was looking for him, and he just went through them, and they didn't see him. The Navy SEAL are trained to be ghosts among people. We are trained to be full with the Holy Ghost, to learn, to go when we need to go. Jesus disappeared from among the multitude. Sometimes they were looking for him. They didn't know where he was. He was like a Navy SEAL. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. What a training he has. That was to, to please the Father. He knew what the Father wanted him to be. He knew his mission. He knew he needed to go to the wedding of Canaan and perform a miracle among the people. 
he knew they were going to run out of wine. But in this case, he wanted to, to, to create, to make the best wine. Thank you, Lord. He knew his mother would be there, Mary. Praise you, Lord. And Mary said to the people there, do what he's telling you to do, the servants. And when they, the Jesus told them, go get everything you can, everything you can with water. Bring all the vessels you have with water. And he turned all of them into wine, the best wine in the wedding of Canaan. He went in there like a Navy SEAL. No one saw him going in there. Navy SEALs are trained to be ghosts. At one time, the disciples thought when he was walking on water, he was the ghost. And he said, fear not, it is I. Fear not, it is I. He moved like a ghost, but he was no ghost. He was full of the Holy Ghost, brothers and sisters. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. And I was meditating on this, how Jesus did all this. Praise the Lord. Who do you think trained him? The Father. He came to do the Father's well, brothers and sisters. And he did the Father well, and all he did in all his life. Praise the Lord. When people grab stone to stone him, he didn't say, go ahead, throw your stone, throw your stone. He didn't provoke them. He remained quiet. And the people didn't know what to do. They didn't know what to do. They didn't know whether to throw the stone or throw the stone back on the floor. They just held a stone in their head and Jesus walked in the middle of them. But you see, he didn't provoke them. Thank you, Lord. He didn't provoke them. They're Christians that like to provoke other people. Go ahead. God will protect me. Throw the stone. Don't provoke people to jealousy. Don't provoke people to fight against you. Brothers and sisters. Praise your God. So Jesus came this morning and his glory covered the room where I was. And he just released his anointing over my life. I, I, have, I have many questions. Sometimes I don't know what to do, brothers and sisters. But the Lord just wanted to, to uh, release his presence and let me know that he's in control. He's always been in control. He always be, will be in control. Father has given him all authority in heaven and earth. And I'm under, under that glory this morning, under that anointing. So I knew he was going to move in the program. And in the service we have this morning in the church was a tremendous anointing. It was beautiful. Praise you, Lord. And I knew tonight, tonight, he wants to move. He wants to touch somebody under his presence, under his anointing. He wants to touch someone. No, someone needs to be touched by God. Someone needs to be touched by Jesus. Oh, I'm raising my hand to you right now in Jesus' name. Lord, touch someone. Touch someone who's hungry, Lord, for you. Touch someone who's hungry. Lord, who seeketh justice from you, who seeketh your presence, who seeketh your anointing, who seeketh to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Touch them. Touch them in Jesus' name. Touch someone, Lord. Touch someone with your anointing. Someone who wants you, Lord. Someone who desires more of you, Lord. Someone who wants to grow. Someone who wants to come close to you, Lord. Touch them. In Jesus' name, under your blood of Jesus, under the blood of Yeshua, under the blood of Yahshua, cover them with, a, with, a, with, a, with your blood, body, soul, and spirit. In Jesus' name, just do our name. Yahshua's name. Touch someone who's hungry, Lord. Touch someone who wants more of you, Jesus. Touch someone. Touch someone, Lord. Touch someone who wants you, Lord, who desires to have you in their heart, Lord Jesus. Touch them, Lord, tonight. Touch them tonight in Jesus' name. 
praise you, Lord. Praise you, God. Praise you, Lord. Praise you, Jesus. We praise you, Jesus. We praise you, Jesus. We love you, Lord. We love you, Jesus. We love you, Lord. Touch someone, Lord. Touch someone who wants you, Lord Jesus, who wants more of you, Lord, who's hungry for your presence, Lord Jesus, who's hungry to be touched by your spirit, Lord, Lord. Oh, Jesus, touch someone who wants more of you, the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. They are right there, Lord. Yes, fill them with your Holy Spirit, Lord. Fill them for the Holy Ghost right there where they are, Lord Jesus. Yes, release your anointing to them, Lord. Lifting them up, Lord Jesus, for your glory. Lifting them up in your presence, Lord. We need you every day, Lord Jesus. We need you every day, Lord God Almighty, in Jesus' name, O oh Lord. Touch your people, Lord, that are hungry for you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Oh, we bind, all oh, spirit of infirmity, all oh, spirit of disease, all oh, demonic attack. We bind them right now. We rebuke them to God in Jesus' name. God in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. People being set free of demonics right there in Jesus' name. Lord, heal your people, Lord Jesus. Heal your people, oh Lord, Lord, oh God, in Jesus' name, oh Lord. We thank you for your visitation, Jesus. You know, you know who needs you, oh Lord. You know whose heart is for you, Lord. Who truly wants you to come to their heart in life, Jesus. You know who's serious about you, Lord. Who's serious to have a relationship with you, Lord. Touch them, Lord, and raise them for you, Lord. In Jesus' name, we thank you, Lord. We thank you, God. We thank you, Jesus. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Heal, heal, Lord Jesus. Bring healing. Bring healing by your stripe, by your word, Lord. Bring healing tonight, Jesus. Bring healing. Bring healing, oh Lord. Bring healing for your people, Lord. We need your healing, Lord. Bring your healing. Bring your healing. Your healing anointing, Lord. Your healing power, Lord Jesus, tonight. Bring it upon your people, Lord. Your sister Marietta, Lord. And all those that are sick and need a healing, Lord. In Jesus' name, Yeshua name, Jehoshua name, O oh Lord, let your anointing, Lord, heal your people, Lord Jesus. Mighty Lord, mighty God, in Jesus' name, thank you, Lord. Let your anointing healing flow among your people, Lord. Restore what has been stolen from them. In Jesus' name, O oh God, O oh Lord, heal your people, Lord Jesus. Heal your people, O oh Lord, O oh God Almighty. Merciful God, merciful Lord, merciful Savior, bring healing among your people, Lord, to those that desire more of you, Lord, more of your presence, O oh Lord, more of your anointing, O oh Lord. In Jesus' name we pray, O oh God. We thank you, Jesus. We thank you, Lord, O oh God. Yes, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Lord. Heal your people, Lord Jesus. Let your anointing touch the life, Lord. Whatever sect we remove, in Jesus' name, by your stripe, by your womb, we will heal, Lord. Yes, Lord, restore your people's soul, Lord. Whatever they're going to, Lord, heal them in Jesus' name. Jesus' name, Jehoshua name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Heal our sister, our mama, Lord. There, whatever healing, Lord, whatever strength, strength, Lord, give us strength there, Lord. Clarify her mind there in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, Lord, answer her heart prayer in Jesus' name. I thank you, Jesus, more of Jesus, more of you, Lord. 
We thank you, Jesus. Yes, we thank you, Lord. We thank you, God. Yes, Lord Jesus, heal your people. Heal your people, Lord, all sickness. Go! And Jesus, and we bind all spirit of sickness, all demons, all principality, all powers, the shadow and forces. We bind them and rebuke all sickness. Go! In Jesus' name. Go! In Jesus' name. Healing, Lord, heal your people, Lord. Heal your people, Lord Jesus. Whatever, whatever sickness, Lord, come and touch them, Lord. Come and touch them, Jesus. Let your anointing flow upon their life. Let them receive the healing, Lord. Whatever they're asking you, Lord, answer them, Lord. I come in agreement, Lord, with your people, Lord, for their healing, their deliverance, Lord. In Jesus' name, Yeshua name, Jehoshaphat, and all pressure, depression. We bound, we rebuke depression, oppression. In Jesus' name, you go. We bind it and rebuke it in Jesus' name. Lord, break all change, all change to the devil. In Jesus' name, mighty Lord, mighty God, under the blood of Jesus. The blood shed in Calvary. The blood of Yeshua shed in Calvary from the cross all the way down to the body of Adam. In Jesus' name, let the blood come on your people, O Lord. In Jesus' name, Yeshua name, Jehoshua name, we thank you, Jesus. We thank you, Lord. We thank you, God. Thank you, Jesus. We bind the strong men and the hindering spirit, Lord. All demons from the certain hell, Lord, we bind them and rebuke them in Jesus' name. Break the work of Satan, O Lord. Break the work of Satan. Break the work of Satan, Lord. Restore your people. Cleanse your people, O God, in Jesus' name. Cleanse your people, Lord, with your blood, Lord Jesus, body, soul, and spirit. Restore, restore, restore. Break the joke of the enemy, Jesus. Break the joke of the enemy, Jesus. Break all chains of Satan in Jesus' name. All joke of the enemy broken in Jesus' name. Yeshua name, Jehoshua name. Set the cut free, the Lord. Set the cut free, the Lord. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Fill, yes, Lord Jesus, fill my sister, Lord, with your presence. You are anointing, baptized, the Lord, in your Holy Spirit, in Jesus' name. Yeshua name, oh Lord. Let your presence flow, your anointing flow over her life, over her house, in Jesus' name. Yeshua name, Lord, let your fire come down, in Jesus' name, oh God, oh Lord. We thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. We thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Join me in prayer, brothers and sisters. Just join me. You're feeling the presence of the Lord touching your life. Just join me. Say, brother, ever here I am. I pray with you in agreement that the Lord will continue to move, will continue to touch will continue to heal, will continue to set the captive free. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, hallelujah. I thank you, Jesus. Yes, Lord, yes, Lord. Praise Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Praise you, Jesus. Hallelujah. We thank you, Lord. We thank you, God. We thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Mighty Lord, mighty God. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Yeshua's name, Jehoshua's name, Lord. Praise you, God, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Praise you, God. I apologize for that person that went in there. Praise the Lord to write nonsense. Hallelujah. I'm sorry to all. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Praise you, God. We praise you, Jesus. Hallelujah. God has a purpose for each and one of us, brothers and sisters. Thank you, Lord. Praise you, God. And, and so we, we need to... We need to seek out God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Romans 8, 29 says, For those which he knew before, 
He also preserved him to be made like unto the image of his son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. So God has a purpose for you and mine, brothers and sisters. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. And it was for us, hallelujah, to be made like Jesus, brothers and sisters, to be made like him. He has a plan. God has a purpose to make us like his son, Jesus. He's going to change us. He's going to transform us. He's going to cleanse us. He's going to prepare us for more. Thank you, Lord. But we need to humble ourselves. We need to seek him with all of our hearts. Thank you, Lord. This morning, as I was preaching, hallelujah, what God was giving me, thank you, Lord, praise you, Lord, what came to me was Psalm 51. In Psalm 51, I had not preached for a long time that I remember. But in Psalm 51, we hear the cry of young David, King David. And he says in Psalm 51.10, create in me a clean heart. Oh, God, and renew a right spirit within me. David did not, did not just wanted to be just a believer, a normal Christian. When Samuel went to anoint a king of Israel in the time of the, of the disobedience of Saul, he went to the, the house of, of Isaiah. The father of David. Hallelujah. And and Samuel saw all these men in the house that were there was strong, army trained, ready for battle. They were part of the army of Saul. And Saul had defeated the Philistine with his army. So before. So these people were well-trained soldiers, but there was one thing missing in each and one of them that David had. They had the training. David had his training with God. These men had the training with men. Who do you want to be trained with? David was trained by God. These men were trained by soul. Brothers and sisters. He was saved by the army of God in Israel. David was not trained by the army of God. We see that David didn't, didn't know how to wear an, an armor because he was just a young boy that needed more experience. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Brothers and sisters. So when, when, when Samuel tried to anoint one of the trained soldiers to be a king, because it will make sense, it, it makes sense. Hallelujah. Praise you, Lord. What God says to David, man looks at the heart. I thought of the appearance. Man looks at the appearance, but God looks at the heart. Out of your heart, in my heart, God knows who's serious, who is truly seeking him. His eyes are upon the earth on every man. He knows who is serious. How does God know that we are serious? 
Are you fasting weekly? Are you repenting daily? How are you seeking God? Praise the Lord. How is your heart before God? See, God knows how serious we are. Because out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. Brothers and sisters, our action tells God who we are. How we repent tells God who we are. Are you repenting sincerely? Or are you just repeating what someone else is saying? Hello, someone. Thank you, Lord. God wants to hear from you, from your heart, from your heart sincerely, how you feel, what you're struggling with. Praise the Lord. What is bothering you? Are you telling God all these things? Do you have a relationship with God, brothers and sisters? Thank you, Lord. Let's hear what David has to say. Let's hear the, about the relationship of David with God. In Psalm 51:1, David said, Have mercy upon me, O God, according to thy loving kindness. You cannot talk about God loving kindness if you never had it. Uh, it's like talking about gold that you never had. How much gold do you have? Some people say, I never had any gold. You can't talk about gold if you never had it. You can never talk about God loving kindness if you never been in there, going through it, experiencing it every day. You cannot talk about it. You have to be living it. David could talk about it because David was living it. Thank you, Lord. According to thy loving kindness, according to the multitude of thy compassion. How did David know God had multitude of compassion? Because David had multitude of sin. And God forgave each and one of his sins. When the prophet Nathan came to rebuke David's sin, the prophet said, God has forgiven you, David. God has forgiven us in Christ, brothers and sisters. And if you don't believe me, I'm going to go into his word to prove it to you that he has. Because his Bible, his word tells us so. Thank you, Lord, that he has forgiven us. Just in case you had any doubt, we don't want anyone to be doubting anything. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Praise God. Look what Second Corinthians 5.21 says. For he had made him to be sin. Abomination or, or horrible thing. For he had made him to be sin for us, which knew no sin, that he would be made, that we that we should be made righteous of God in him. In another word, he sacrificed his son for you and I. Brothers and sisters, maybe it's something to be able to forgive you and I, restore you and I, make us right sinners. That means right standing with God. Right standing with God. For you and I to be able to right stand and say, Abba, Abba, I worship you. He made his son sin, brothers and sisters. 
Thank you, Lord. He loves you. Unconditionally, God loves you. Thank you, Lord. David said, watch me. In Psalm 51, 2, watch me truly from my inequity and cleanse me from my sin. What was he talking about? David is saying to the whole world, look, I am a sinner, but I'm also repenting before my God. Can you repent daily before your God? Daily do I seek you, he said. Early do I seek you also, he said. Every day and every morning, David was in the presence of God, repenting his sin. Brothers and sisters, watch me truly from my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. That's what separates men from God's sin. It is a wall of separation. To separate any man, any woman from God. Verse 3. For I know my iniquities, and my sins are ever before me. How do you explain that his sins are ever before him? You know what David is saying? I repent them always. I always repent my sins. They're always before him because he's always repenting them. If you always telling God, oh, God, I'm sorry for my sin today. I'm sorry for every single sin I have committed before your presence today. I am sorry in Jesus' name. Your sins are always before you. You're repenting and you're being sincere. You're being honest. Brothers and sisters, before God. And that's what God wants to hear from you and I, brothers and sisters. Now that we make up excuses. But that we are sincere to repent them before his presence, brothers and sisters. Before his eyes, that sees all. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Verse 4, against thee, against thee, says David, only have I sinned and am evil in thy sight, that thou mayest be just when thou speakest and pure when thou judgest. Oh, I thank you, Lord. David is so awesome. Hallelujah. David is not blaming anyone else. Hallelujah. But himself. He is not pointing finger to anyone but himself. That's how God wants us to repent. That's why David, it was said among the people that David had a, a heart like after God's own heart. Brothers and sisters. Sincere, pure. Thank you, Lord. Praise you, God. David had a God after a heart after God's own heart. He was so sincere. He was so pure. He confessed his sins before God. Thank you, Lord. He did. And when you can confess your sin before God daily. And you can tell God about your life. God will forgive you when you repent your sin. But he will also restore you. The restoration begins when you repent sincerely before God. And when we say sincerely, it's that there's nothing hidden in you from confessing to God. People can repent one thing or two, but there are things they will never repent to God. Praise you, Lord. There are things, hallelujah. Praise you, God, hallelujah. That we need to repent from before God. 
And we know what they are. Verse 5. Behold, I was born in iniquity, and my sin, my mother conceived me, he says to God. Behold, thou love true in the inward affection. Therefore hast thou taught me wisdom and the secret of my heart. When you sincerely repent your sin with God, brothers and sisters, thank you, Lord. God loves true in the inward affection. When in your heart, you can tell God of your sin sincerely from your heart. Therefore, how thou taught me wisdom. Then will God give you wisdom and reveal things to you that you want to know. There's a lot of people that want, to, well, God, want God to reveal a lot of mystery to them. Some people say, Brother Obi, I want God to show me a lot of things he has shown you. I want God to show me other planets and other places. Praise the Lord. Will you get to this level with God in prayer and sincere prayer? God will show you. He will tell you secrets in your heart. Praise you, Lord. He will teach you. He's our Father. He's our God. He's our Rabbi. He wants to teach us. But He will only teach you when you, hallelujah, love true and the inward infection. Behold, I love true and the inward infection. When you confess from your heart your sin to him, he will show you and teach you, brothers and sisters. And the Lord just, just says to me, yes, I will. Thank you, Lord. Oh, he's so awesome. Verse 5. Praise me with hands up, and I should be clean. Watch me, and I should be whiter than, than snow. Whiter than snow, brothers and sisters. Hallelujah. He can make you. He can make you. Hallelujah. When you confess your sin whiter than snow, he will cleanse you. Brothers and sisters, so cleanse that you'll be whiter than snow in the spirit. People can judge you in the natural, but in the spiritual, you are completely cleansed. You are completely pure by God. Don't worry what people say to you in the natural. Don't offend people. Love them. Love your enemy. But don't let what people say steal your communion with God. A lot, this happens to a lot of people. And people sometimes say things about them. Oh, you're a false prophet. You're false this, you're this. And that disturbs their relationship with God. Don't let it. Give it to God. Thank you, Lord. Learn to turn off your computer if you need to. Learn to turn your, your, your cell phone if you need to. Learn to turn your email off if you need to. If anyone is hindering your relationship with God, Turn it off. But don't let them steal your, your communion with God, your relationship, brothers and sisters. The Lord has taught this to me. It's a hard thing to do. Thank you, Jesus. But he can do it all. He can do all. Praise you, Lord. Verse 8. Made me to hear joy and gladness that the bones which thou hast broken may rejoice. They won't rejoice after all ends. Verse 9. Hide thy faith for my sin and put away all my iniquity. Yes, the Lord will do that. Thank you, Lord. Verse 11. Cast me not away from thy presence and take my, thy Holy Spirit from me. Shout it to say to those that lose the Holy Spirit. Brothers and sisters, the Holy Spirit is the oil that the bride of Christ needs. Hallelujah. There was five foolish virgins that did not have enough oil. 
They're not hot enough for the Holy Spirit. How do they lose the Holy Spirit? I don't know yet. But the Bible, God calls them foolish. Foolish is related to someone who wastes time. Instead of being repenting, it's doing something else that it should not be doing. Because it's foolish. If you look, if you look, look up the meaning foolish, brothers and sisters, and I'm going to look it up real quick. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. God is so awesome. Thank you, Lord. One of the main meaning of the word foolish is lacking good sense or judgment or unwise. But it's related to an adjective, a person action. The action of these women, virgins, hallelujah, the action of these virgins was that they, they lacked good sense of judgment instead of taking the advantage to prepare with the little time God has given us because time is gone. Time is gone, brothers and sisters. They spend the time doing something else. I don't know what you're doing with your time. But if it's not to seek God, to come closer to him, God calls it foolish. Foolish. It's a waste of time. Brothers and sisters, there are a lot of people doing with their life. And God don't want us to, brothers and sisters. God don't want us to be wasting time when he's given us precious time to repent. To come closer to him through fasting, prayers, sanctification, purification. Brothers and sisters, thank you, Lord. Every time I spend time with brothers and sisters, we talk about the Lord. And nothing else, we try. Why? Thank you, Lord. Because we want to be closer to God. That's why we want to be ready as virgins. Hallelujah. We want to be wise. That's why there were five wise virgins. The wise virgins prepare for his coming. Had enough oil. What they did was this. They spent more time being filled with the Holy Spirit of God more than nothing else. That's what they did. Spend more time being filled with the Holy Spirit. The other one, they're not. They took other action. Nonsense. Lacking good sense of oh, judgment. I'm wise. God says foolish. It is a strong word. But it's the right word that describes a waste of time. Brothers and sisters. That's what it describes. God don't want us to be, to be foolish. He wants us to be wise. As virgin of Christ, to be being full with the Holy Spirit every day, seeking that extra oil daily, repenting daily. Brothers and sisters, He is willing to forgive us when we come to Him. Brothers and sisters, He is always available for us. You know, you notice that God, when you come to Him, Jesus doesn't say, oh, no, come tomorrow. I'm too busy for you. <laughs> or repent tomorrow. I, I don't have time to hear you today. Hallelujah. 
He never does that to anybody. Anyone that comes to him, he wants to receive, brothers and sisters. God wants to receive you, brothers and sisters. Every time someone comes to him, he's available. He doesn't sleep or slumber, him that watches over Israel. Thank you, Lord. Verse 12, restore to me the joy of, the, of thy salvation and establish me with thy free spirit. Thank you, Lord. God, will, the joy of salvation is so powerful. I don't know if you, if you really experience the joy of salvation. I experience that. It's so great, so awesome. But when you lose this, when you understand how important it is, the joy of salvation. And then he said, establish me with thy free spirit. Thank you, Lord. He, the Holy Spirit established our walk with God when we, when we walk in the Spirit. We need to walk in the Spirit, brothers and sisters. Not just satisfying the desire of our flesh, but walking in the Spirit daily is the calling of God to each and one of us. Thank you, Jesus. He is available for you and I. Don't miss to have more of God in your life. Thank you, Jesus. He has so much to give to us, brothers and sisters. So much. So much of his spirit. So much of his presence he has. Brothers and sisters, so much. We need to make God our priority, brothers and sisters. Make the Lord your priority. Make him your priority in your life. Thank you, Lord. God knows that we are weak in many areas of our life. But he can be strong. His grace is sufficient for you and I to help us walk the walk, live this gospel. His grace is sufficient. Although we are weak, his grace is sufficient. Thank you, Lord. Praise you, God. You can always trust the Lord. He will always be there for you. Learn to trust in the Lord more than men. Sadly to say, people trust more in man than God a lot of times. But his grace is sufficient for you and I. It can help us to withstand us, to help us, hallelujah, to wait until his coming. And he is coming for you and I. After the Lord changes your life and my life, verse says, nature I teach the way unto the wicked, and sinners to be converted unto thee. Thank you, Lord. Praise you, God. When when God changes your life inside out, outside in. Some people say inside out, outside in too. I tell you, then when you share, they will feel God. They will be touched by God. They will know it is God using you. Thank you, Lord. Because if God doesn't use us, no one can be converted. No one can be repenting. It has to be God. It has to be him touching people in order for people to come to him and repent and turn back to him. Turn us from our wicked way. Sometimes we do thanks, my goodness, God have mercy. But his, his grace is sufficient to help us. And he does. He doesn't fail to. Brothers and sisters, we need to trust the Lord more than ever. We need to have hope more than ever in the Lord. Because although the world gets darker, the light of Christ shines more on those that seek him. 
is light, never goes dim, but it can go brighter and brighter and brighter every day in us. Thank you, Lord. Brothers and sisters, we need to trust the Lord. We need to. Today, this is my third message. My third already heard. Brothers and sisters, my third message. Preach an hour and a half earlier. An hour and so later. An hour, an hour now. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Brothers and sisters, I didn't know where I was going to have the strength to come on the Lord's hour. Because I, I traveled two and a half hours after I preached in that church and then came to preach on the radio early. But you know, the Lord is good. The Lord knows who needs him, who needs more of him. Brothers and sisters, I used to complain how tired I was one time, one day. Until I heard a pastor from uh, uh, Russia who preaches over, over 14 times in different in 14 churches. Praise the Lord every day. I said, oh, wow. He has a friend. 14 messages. And one of the messages over three hours. <laughs> he sleep in an hour or two or three hours. Brothers and sisters. You know how he sleeps? He sleeps in the car while two brothers drive to the churches. If, the, if it's going to take two hours to get to the church, he sleeps for two hours in the car. <laughs> and he said, you won't believe the bumping hole here in Russia. Every time the little car, the old car jumps up and down. Hallelujah. He has to learn to sleep in the hall. When, the, when he jumps in the air, hit the car back again. <laughs> and, he has, and that's when he wakes up and then he goes back to sleep again. If you can get any sleep, he says, praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Brothers and sisters, the work of God is endless. The need is endless. It's endless. Praise the Lord. There's so much need of God up there. But it's because people have not learned to repent. They're sincerely to God. Like David, I can't be, I can't be have I sinned, said David. Never blame anyone when you sin. Don't blame your parents. Don't blame your family or your wife or your husband or your kids. Take responsibility for your sin before God. Be sincere. Be sincere. Don't blame the devil neither. Take responsibility. Do you hear David blaming the devil? Do you hear Brother David blaming the devil anytime? King David? Blaming Satan? <laughs> I have sinned, he says. He wasn't blaming Satan. Why do people do that today? Why do Christians blame the devil so much when it's they that do? It is we that take, hallelujah, it is we that take our decision to sin. The God holds us responsible. He allows the devil to attack us. But we are responsible, brothers and sisters. Thank you, Lord. That's why we need to take responsibility before God. Do not blame someone else. God don't like us. He wants us to be sincere. Thank you, Lord. And when you do that, God will restore your life. And the presence of God will be on you. My goodness, brothers and sisters. The Lord started giving me these messages back in 2012, in early time, 
earlier than this, but 2012 was when the Lord's Hour, 2012 when, when the Lord's Hour came on the air. Brothers and sisters, were people that began to, to start the Lord after that. And so people are so close with Jesus today. There are people that see the Lord every day that has a, a great relationship with the Lord that began after they heard the Lord's Hour and they got into relationship with the Lord. God wants intelligence. Jesus will visit you. Jesus will visit you if you are sincere with him, like Abraham, like Moses, like David. I'm telling you, when I prepare the Bible study about the, the pure heart and told people about the purification of the pure heart, I remember two years ago, Father God spoke to me and told me to give this message to people. I'm about to ask him for the, for, to the cleansed heart. Tell my children to ask for their heart to be cleansed. I remember he says. And yes, I said, praise the Lord. He wants us to repent from the heart and ask him to purify the heart, to create within us a pure heart, brothers and sisters. Because when we do, God, we, then we will see the Lord in Matthew 8. That's what he says in Matthew 8. Let me go there real quick. Thank you, Lord. Matthew 5, 8, he says, Blessed are the pure in heart, for they should see God. Well, Jesus is God, right? Thank you, Lord. I was able to see Jesus this earlier. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. I was so happy to see the Lord when he came into the room. I tell you, you will see the Lord if you ask him every day to purify your heart, brothers and sisters. You will see God. Isn't it, it's that awesome to see the Lord? You want, you want to desire to see him. Jesus wants you to desire to see him. Do you desire to see the Lord? It's up to you. It has to come out of your heart. Because once it comes out of your heart, thank you, Jesus. You are being sincere. Hallelujah. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Praise the Lord. Matthew 6, 21 says, For where your treasure is, there your heart will also. There your heart will be also. Praise God. If your heart is with God, that's what you value the most. That's why they said treasure. Where is your heart? I hope you're, tonight your heart is with God. Thank you, Jesus. Praise you, Lord. In Genesis 6, 5, this is what it says. When the Lord saw the wickedness of men that was great on the earth, and all the imagination of the thoughts of their heart were only evil continuously, they were not repenting. It was just evil continuously. God said he was, it, hurt, it hurt in God's heart that he made men because their heart was corrupted. There was no sincere prayer coming out of their heart. Thank you, Lord. And God, that's what he wants. Then verse 6 says, And I repented the Lord that he had made man in the earth. And he was sorry. Where was God sorry? In his heart. David had a heart after God's own heart. Thank you, Lord. Sincere heart. That's what it was. A sincere heart. Thank you, Lord. God wants us to have a sincere heart. Thank you, Jesus. 
Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Genesis 821, and the Lord smelled savior, the savor of rest. And the Lord said in his heart, I will henceforth curse the ground no more for men, because the imagination of men's heart is evil, even from his view. Neither I will smile anymore all things living as I have done. It's her hand that he made men, but it's her hand that he cursed men too in his heart. Praise the Lord. God has a pure heart for you. Are you listening? Jesus has a pure heart for you. Jesus has a pure heart for his bride. That's why he demands nothing less from you, that you have a pure heart for him. Jesus wants a pure heart for you and I, brothers and sisters, because he has a pure heart for you and I. Oh, I thank you, Lord. For your revelation is so awesome. Thank you, Jesus. Praise God. Thank you, Lord. God knows everything in our heart. He knows everything we think, everything we say. When it comes from the heart, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. When it comes from the heart, it's pure. Thank you, Lord. It's pure. It is pure. That's why it needs to come out of our heart. We need to confess the sin of our heart. Thank you, Jesus. Praise you, God. Thank you, Lord. God is so awesome. God is so good. Thank you, Lord. When people are evil, what happens when God comes to them? Their heart get heartened. Exodus 7 3. But I will hide and heart and multiply my miracle and my wonder in the land of Egypt. We got two things when God comes to us to do. Repent or harden our heart. Choose this day who you're going to serve, says Elijah. You either harden your heart or you repent your heart. You repent your sin and God will cleanse your heart. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. And the word of God says after that, so Pharaoh's heart was hardened. And he hearkened not to them as the Lord has said. Because he was evil. He was wicked. He would not repent. So his heart got hearkened. God only gives you one cho- two choices. Repent or perish. That's the, 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 the choice that he gave Pharaoh. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise God. Then God says there after that verse seven fourteen of Exodus, the Lord said then said unto Moses, Pharaoh's heart is obstinate, obstinate. He refused to let the people go. His heart was so hardened that he refused. When people heart comes obstinate, they refuse to be obedient to the word of God. They refuse to obey. They refuse to to believe the righteous. That's how Pharaoh's heart turned, obstinate. Will not make a move for God. Will not change. God have mercy. Thank you, Lord. Praise God. God is so awesome. He's teaching us. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. He's so merciful. It's all in his word. Everything we need to know. Hallelujah. 
Exodus 8, 15 says, when Pharaoh saw that he had rest given him, he hardened his heart and hearkened unto, the, unto them as the Lord has said. Hallelujah. Did not. Hallelujah. Exodus 8, 32. Yes, Pharaoh hardened his heart at this time also and did not let the people go. What happened when someone heart in their heart before God? Judgment, destruction comes afterward. That's what comes. When a nation heart in their heart before God, what comes afterward? Destruction. What happened when God when someone heart become antonym? They don't listen to the gospel preaching message no more. You can preach the gospel all day long to them. They don't listen. What how can God save that person? Judgment is the only way. Destroying everything they love. They love New York. Destroy. They love California. Destroy. Destroying everything they love. So they can finally realize that God giveth and God taketh away. Thank you, Lord. It's the only way they're going to repent. When God takes away what they love, they love their job, they love their car. They love taking their beautiful car in the highway. Well, when God destroys the city, they have no jobs. When God destroys the highway, they cannot take the beautiful car into the highway. Everything they love is going to be destroyed, brothers and sisters. That's why they don't want to listen to the gospel of salvation of Jesus Christ. Their heart becomes obstinate. Pharaoh was hard obstinate. He will not listen. He will not make a move for God. Thank you, Lord. The, the, only, the only thing that will make Pharaoh realize that God, the God of God, was talking to him. When God destroyed everything Pharaoh loved, when the judgment of God became to come upon Egypt, that's when they realized, oh, oh, some, something here is different now. See, God, Jesus is the beginning and the end, unless he begins a work. <laughs> Hallelujah. In people's lives, they're not going to realize it's God. He's sending us to preach the message to them and warn them. But the Lord is going to come, and no more whining will be to the people. It will be just judgment and judgment and judgment. I remember when the Lord showed me the judgment that is coming, brothers and sisters. People were saying, what was the warning about all this? And then they realized it was warning. We didn't take them serious, they say afterwards. And then they were complaining because weeks after weeks was either a tsunami or an earthquake, destroying the land, destroying everything they love. Now they're looking for excuses or either blaming God because Revelation said they will not repent of worshiping the image, neither. You have those type of people when the heart becomes so often that they don't repent, they don't turn away from the image. Image in worshiping, idol worshiping, brothers and sisters. And, and, and I was there seeing all this. I saw the completely destruction of California. I saw the destruction of New York City and New Jersey, brothers and sisters. I saw the total destruction of Florida State. There was no more Florida State. It was only alligator, swam everywhere. Right where you see Miami, Orlando, and all those beautiful cities in Florida State. 
The only thing that's going to be left, I saw it with my own eyes, brothers and sisters, sworn of alligator. The alligator are going to claim the land back again in Florida, brothers and sisters. Nothing else. Nothing else, brothers and sisters. Nothing else. Chicago! Judgment is coming to you also. People are putting their eyes on those beautiful buildings in Chicago. Praise the Lord. It's going to be destroyed. The city of Chicago will not be anymore soon. And who will you put your hope before of Chicago? Destruction is coming to you, and it will not delay much more. God has given you time to repent, Chicago. Repent. Destruction is coming and will not away too long. Judgment is coming to the nation, Germany, Rome. All these beautiful cities will come down, will be destroyed, brothers and sisters. Praise the Lord. People are putting their hope, hallelujah, on things that are going to be destroyed. Every country is going to be leveled by the judgment of God very soon. Time is over. If you think we have much time, it's over. The only time we have is the grace of Jesus Christ left. The only thing left we have our time is under the pure grace of Jesus Christ. He's begging the Father not to end this day. Time is over. But he's still asking the Father to give the people one more time. This week, I went into prayer. I'm looking at my clock. It was 11.55. In order to sign, the Lord did something to me, brothers and sisters. I'm sorry. It was 11.59, what I meant to say. It was 11.59 as I began to pray. I'm looking at the clock, 11.59, close to the midnight hour. In order to sign, the Lord did something to me where I could see the clock go back to 11.55. Because I've been asking the Lord, how is he doing this? He doesn't let this day end. And the Lord was showing me, people don't even notice when I do this. When he turns the clock back, when God allows his mercy and gives his mercy, hallelujah, praise the Lord. He just moves the, the clock backward and people don't even notice. That's his grace. That's his mercy. Thank you, Lord. His mercy endures forever. It don't mean time is time is going to go on forever. He can. But no, he's going to end it. He's going to end it soon, brothers and sisters. He's going to end it. He's going to let the 24-hour clock go on and boom. Trump is out, takes his people out of here. The tribulation begins. I remember two weeks ago, he, he was showing me that dead in Haiti, hell, a true wonderful partner wants to this tribulation to begin already, brothers and sisters. And and the Lord hand was is still upon them, holding them back. The power of the Lord holding them back. They could not, but they want to. They want to. It's like hell, hell, and dead are in love, and wants to come out and destroy everything, brothers and sisters. It's horrible. Well, they're about to do. Hallelujah. 
The revival is in God's hand. Everything is in God's hand. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. He's going to do what he promised us. But don't look for too much time because there's none. Time is gone. Father God told me this. Don't look for it. He might do a revival in a week or two or three. Who knows? In three months. I don't know. Praise the Lord. He promised us he's going to do it. So he's going to do it. He's God. He's able to. Hallelujah. Yes. Turn this an abomination before God. Someone was telling me that China said they're also going to make a CERN. There is a CERN in New York City, and there's another CERN in Switzerland. I, I should ask people, what CERN are you referring to, the one in New York or the one in Europe? There's two CERNs. Praise the Lord. China wants to build a third CERN, bigger than the one in New York, bigger than the, the, the one in Switzerland, and the one he wants to bigger than them. China said they want to build CERN, so they already had him with this project on. The evil, hallelujah. There's one in New York. It's been in the History Channel. Look it up. You can look it up in the History Channel, the information. There's one in New York, brothers and sisters. That was the first CERN they ever built, uh, or the second one, I'm sorry. Thank you, Lord. Brothers and sisters, why do you think God is going to destroy these places? He knows the abomination that is going on there. Abomination is going around this nation from the White House all over the land. I'm telling you, this abomination, God is going to destroy. Praise you, Lord. God have mercy. Thank you, Jesus. All that evil is going on behind closed doors. And God knows their heart has become harder than ever. Hallelujah. So Pharaoh would not let God's people go. And what did God do? Hallelujah. To destroy them. You see, when the Lord comes, Jesus said, I have come down to deliver my people. Exodus 10, 27. But the Lord heard and far and hard that he would not let them go. When God comes to end everything, he will, he's just going to harden these people to the point to destroy them. Same thing he does to Pharaoh, he's going to do to these people. They're not going to know what hit them. It's going to be so sudden. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, God, is so awesome. I hope the Lord has been speaking to your life. Judgment is upon the land soon. Thank you, Lord. Prepare. Hear some of the prophet's word. I'll be back tomorrow night. God willing. Pray for me. My throat is really hurting now. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, God, is so awesome. Thank you, Lord.
Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. This is Minister Paul, Righteous Cry Ministry. The Lord gave me that in 2011. For those who don't know, in Psalm 34 and 17, it said, This righteous man cried out, and the Lord heard him and delivered him out of all his troubles. That's what Jesus did for me. And that's what uh, he's going to do for you. And so we welcome you here today. <clears throat> We're going to be discussing uh, four things. And uh, my prayer is that by five minutes into this service right here today, this is my prayer and this is my faith, is that we can cross the first one off the list of reprobate. We won't spend a lot of time on reprobate. There's four things. That's the first one. I don't know if you've been accused of being a reprobate. I don't know who accused you, what accused you, but if you're here seeking Jesus Christ, then that accusation is just that, an accusation from the devil and a lie. And I'm going to show that in the Word. The second group of people I want to address is the backsliders. The third group of people I want to address is the lukewarm. And the fourth group of people I want to address is the on-fire, hot church of Jesus Christ, the lovers of Jesus Christ, the one who are here to worship Him, serve Him, praise Him, give Him glory for what He's done, the on-fire church. And my prayer is by as we proceed into this, that we all become on fire through the glory of God, that it rained down upon this service yeah. through Jesus Christ himself, saying those people are down there and they're worshiping me and they're praising me and I'm going to move on their behalf. Yes, Lord, move, Lord. Amen. And so this is the goal. And we're going to have an altar call at the end of this service. And I know that there will be people that will watch this at a later date and time. What I'm going to do is we're going to have an opening prayer we're going to go into. And then we're going to have a... Am I shouting? <laughs> I love it. Hey! <laughs> and then we're going to have a, a closing prayer. And the closing prayer, this is a first here, is going to be an altar call. I asked the Lord, what do you want me to do? What do you want me to speak on? Uh, it was Thursday. And he said, I, I want you to say this. I'm calling in the lukewarm and backsliders now. That's what I wrote down. That's what I've studied. Everything that I'm about to lay out was given to me through the Holy Spirit and the Holy Word of God, including the prayers. So stick with me to the end. We're going uh, to populate heaven. So if you watch this at a later date, I'm going to cut and paste the opening prayer and the closing prayer into the comment section. This will be a video sometime later today. Right now it's live. So if you're watching this as a video, you can still say the prayer. Because God created time. He knows no time. He's eternal and we're eternal. So let's, uh, let's humbly begin by going to prayer. How about this? Happily and joyfully wanting and eagerly desiring to go into prayer to Jesus. Let's bow our heads. Dear Jesus, we come to you together as one, in unity, in love, and in faith, to tell you how much we love you. We love you, Jesus, and we worship you 
in spirit and in truth. Dear Jesus, not a day goes by that you are not in our thoughts. We ask that we can draw closer to you and fall deeper in love with you. Amen. We know by faith you are our Savior, the Savior of our soul. And we long to be with you, Jesus. We ask that you show up in this service in mercy and grace and love. And now, Jesus, I ask that you speak through me using your holy word to reach the people you have called me to reach. Use me to bring this message forth in a manner pleasing to you according to your will and your perfect way. And everybody say, Amen. Amen. I'm going to just start right off with Romans 1, verse 21 through 32. Now, I'm going to read this, and I printed it out, because I want to take you back to a rebellion that had occurred in the life of Moses and God's people, to show you this is nothing new. And so I'm just going to read and explain as, as led by the Lord. In Romans uh, chapter 1, starting at verse 21, it, it says this. Because that when they knew God, so here we, we these people, they know God. Now remember what, what was occurring. God had given the law. And, and he said, this is the way you're to walk. This is this is the thing you're to obey. I'm God and there is no other. And these are my commandments. So they, they know this. Just as today, there's people, they know that Jesus Christ is the only way to heaven. They know this. But they've turned from Him. They glorified Him not as God. They gave Him no glory. So we're not talking about people that have no knowledge of God here. We're talking about people who, who have directly encountered God. And, and neither were they thankful. And let me just go through this. Because I'm, I'm, I'm showing you the times then and how they are today and how nothing's changed. They weren't thankful. They became vain in their imaginations. In other words, the stuff they thought of was as crazy as the stuff you're reading about on Facebook and YouTube right now. Come on, somebody. It's crazy. It's vain in their imaginations. You know, like there's three Jesuses or there's no moon. I mean, don't even get me started on this kind of stuff. Those are vain imaginations. There is a moon. God says He created the heavens and the earth. He names what He created. And people are now saying the things that He created don't even exist. That's a vain imagination. And, and their foolish hearts underlined, foolish hearts were underlined, darkened. So they know God. They get all twisted up in their head. They rebel against God. And what happens? Their heart is darkened. Professing themselves to be wise, they know everything. I feel like I'm shouting a little bit. <laughs> They became fools. Now watch this. Holy Spirit revelation here. Verse 23. And they changed the glory of the uncorruptible God into an image made like to a corruptible man, and to birds and four-footed beasts and creeping things. 
Now, let me show you what the Holy Spirit here showed me. God appears to Moses in the burning bush. Moses comes down and gives them a lie. He says, I am has spoken. He's real. He created us. He has a way for us to atone for our sins. This is under the first covenant. But we have to obey these commandments. And they said, we ain't going to believe in the only one true living God. We're going to make our own God, Moses. We're going to get all the gold we have here together, our jewelry. This is vanity. We're going to melt it down, and we're going to create a golden calf. Kind of like that golden bull stocked promptly up there on Wall Street. Man, I'm telling you, the Holy Spirit is flowing through me in this message. Because it says, now look what it says. They changed the glory of an uncorruptible God into an image. And the image is a four-footed beast. They're talking about them creating a God, a false God, by, by making that calf. And what did they do? They worshipped that calf. And we got some people worshipping everything but God right now. Look around. So this is what happens. So in 24 it says, So therefore God gave them up to uncleanness. God gave them up. Through the lust of their own hearts. He, he gave them up to what they were lusting for. You want that? He gave it to them. And this is where we're heading right now. You see it? I see it clearly. If you can't see it, I pray God opens your eyes right now in Jesus' name. And your ears. To dishonor their own bodies between themselves. Now watch this. They changed the truth of God into a lie. Through How? Through their, their false things they began to create and make with their hands and speak. That's how. And what they wrote. And worship and served the creature, which was what? What were they worshiping? That golden calf, this is on my heart right now. It's just, it, it wouldn't matter if it was a golden calf or a stone image of Buddha. It wasn't God they were worshiping. More than the Creator, who is blessed forever, amen. God is blessed forever, amen, whether you worship Him or not. Today we choose to worship Him. And He calls us blessed. So for this cause, what cause? Their rebellion and worshiping false gods, they broke His commandments. He gave them up into vile affections, for, and then they say there's no homosexuality in the Bible. That's a lie. Okay, well, let's read. Don't get offended. Let me just read. They changed the natural use into that which is uh, against nature. Likewise, men left the natural use of the woman. So it's recorded in the Bible that man is to leave and cleave and go to a woman. They didn't do that. They burned in their lust towards one another, men with men, and then it says, receiving the recompense of the error that was met. So, yes, homosexuality is in the Bible. The devil is a lie, and I just showed it to you. Men with men is unnatural. That's not what this sermon's about. I'm just reading the Word of God. You, you're going to fault me for having my First Amendment right to read this here? Because I stand for the truth. Because only the truth are going to set you free. And I got some people that I'm praying to be set free today. And I can't come up here and tiptoe and dance around certain things just because it's politically correct or popular. Well, I tell the truth. So now, 28. So they did not retain God in their knowledge. In other words, they forgot about God. 
And the message today is, there's many people they've forgotten about Jesus. I witnessed to one the other day. True story. I said, are you saved? He said, oh, you mean that baptism and Jesus stuff? He said, I used to do that. She was there. I used to do that. So, so what did he do? He, he, he stopped thinking about Jesus. Now, watch what, watch what God does. God, and we're in verse 28, God gave them over to a reprobate mind. This is something God did. God gave them over to a reprobate mind. They didn't do it. So let's look at this reprobate as one of the four. Now what? To do these things which are not convenient. They're being filled with unrighteousness. In other words, they're, they're not righteous. They're unrighteous. The fornication, sex before marriage. Wickedness, covetousness, maliciousness, full of envy, murder, debate, deceit, malignity, whispers, backbiters, haters of God, despiteful, proud, boasters, inventors of evil things, disobedient to parents. What, what do you see happening right here? Spitting on and breaking every single commandment God made. Obey thy parents. 34. Without understanding. Covenant breakers. Now watch this. Without natural affection. You want to see some natural affection, I can go over there and, and put my arm around my wife for 20 years. That's totally natural. What's marching around being called pride in the faces of our children is not natural. Why am I on that? Because the Holy Spirit told me to. That's not natural. That's not my words. That's God's words. You got a problem with that? Take it to Him. Don't shoot the messenger. Who knowing that... Now watch. So here... We, we're, we're, let's bring it forward to 2015. In verse 32, it says, So knowing the judgment of God. If you don't know the judgment of God... By the end of this message, you will. That everybody here will be judged. Everybody seeing this, hearing this, will be judged. Everybody living will be judged. Everybody that's died before us will be judged. Everybody that will be born today and tomorrow will be judged. There's a judgment. That they which commit such things are worthy of death. And not only do the same, but have pleasure in doing them. They, take, they know that the judgment is coming. Let's flash forward to right now. People know that Jesus is real. People know he's coming again. And they're taking pleasure in rebelling against him. They're reprobate. They're either reprobate, or they're backslidden, or they're lukewarm. They're not on fire. So, so let's, uh, what I did was I, I went, of course, you know, the New Testament was written in Greek. I looked up reprobate in Greek. Now, this is going to amaze you. Let's see what category we're in here. Reprobate is Strong's number 96. It says uh, Adikamos, A-D-O-K-I-M-O-S. It says, failing to pass the test, there's more, unapproved, counterfeit, counterfeit. You wonder why you can see some of the people saying they're Christians, saying the things they do, 
Well, because they're not Christians. Christian is just a word. They're counterfeit. This is going to be a tough message, but we're going to get, give God some glory here. For the, the, this word, atikamos, comes from dokamos. We're talking about reprobate. Within the next three minutes, you're going to know whether you're reprobate or not. D-O-K-I-M-O-S. This means unapproved. Watch this. Rejected, worthless, and cast away. So I submit to you, if you are here right now seeking Christ, if you woke up this morning with air in your lungs and you had Christ on your mind and was wondering, how can you get back to Him? How can you have a closer walk with Him? How can you know more of Him? Maybe if I can get to this service. Maybe if I can get to that altar. Maybe Jesus Christ still does love me. Then you're not reprobate. God didn't give you over. He didn't reject you. He didn't call you worthless. He didn't cast away. He has Jesus Christ right up there, your high priest, praying for you right now for your soul. So if you're here today seeking Jesus Christ of Nazareth, you're not reprobate. And whoever told you were is a lie. Any reprobates in here? Anybody in the chat room? I can't see it. My wife runs out cursing God. Or are they seeking God? You see what I'm saying? So let's just get reprobate off this. This word reprobate gets tossed around too much on social media. I just showed you what the Word of God declares is reprobate. Every morning when you go to, uh, wake up and every night when you go to bed, if Christ is on your mind in any way on how you can serve Him, be part of Him, love Him, then you're not reprobate. The devil's lying and toying with your brain and he'll use other people to convince you God's done with you. He's rejected you. You're a counterfeit. You're worthless. But that's not why Jesus Christ died. So let's go to the number second one, backslider. Backslider is Strong's number 5472. This is going to amaze you. i got to lay some foundations so we can get some people to the altar. i got to lay some foundations through the Word of God so we can get to a point where the fire of God will fall upon us. And these foundations are going to be in this Word of God right here. Backslider. Strong's Accordance number 5472. Verify everything I say here. This, a backsliding means to move away from. You're moving away from God. You're moving away from Jesus. It's like the brother I ran into yesterday I'm praying for. I believe that he, 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 uh, he spoke with Jesus last night. I believe and received. He heard my prayer. It, 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 this is, <laughs> while I was typing this out, the Holy Spirit showed me a, a, a visual. I love visuals. Remember the moonwalk? Speaking of moons, remember the moonwalk? Or they called it the backslide. Don't do it, man. <laughs> you know what I mean? The backslide. <laughs> you know what you're doing? Here's Jesus right here. I'm out. You know what I mean? you're, you're 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 backing away from God. <laughs> they did when in the seventies. They people were good at it. They could do it like I sure can. They called it the backslide. And what were they doing? Going backwards. So, so uh, 
Backslide means to turn away from Jesus. Hear me now. Because we got to break down, are we backslidden? Are we lukewarm? we hot. Because Jesus Christ himself, he said, I wish you were hot or cold. But because you're lukewarm. But there's a difference between being lukewarm and being backslidden. That's why I'm doing this. The word also means to turn back. The Holy Spirit gave me this extreme mighty revelation during this study. Uh, watch this. When we repent of our sins, that proves we're not a reprobate. And we're going to repent of our sins today. That will forever stop Satan from the false accusation of accusing us that we're reprobate. So repent means to turn from. To turn from your sin. I'm sorry for that sin, God. I'm not going to do it again. Repent means to turn away from sin. To turn, okay? Now watch this. Reprobate means to turn back to the world. This, this is powerful what the Holy Spirit showed me. So if you're, if you're repenting, you're turning back to Christ. And turning away from sin. If you're backsliding, you're turning away from Jesus and turning back to the sins of what? What you used to do. What you were good at. Drinking, pornography, lying, stealing. That, your sins, that's between you and God. But you turn back to them. You have now backslidden. You have now intentionally turned from God. And Jesus is up there preparing to come back. And he don't want to find you in no backslidden state because there's no room for you in heaven in a backslidden state. Because you are living in sin. You have turned from Jesus Christ. And this is not a condemnation. Romans 8 1 says, Therefore there is therefore no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. You knew Christ and he's calling you back. And if you're here today, we can take care of this. We're not going to condemn you. We're going to lift you up, build you up, encourage you, and edify and pray for you to turn away from the world and back to Christ. It's as simple as doing this. That's why God had me do this. I made a note here. Now listen. We're talking about backsliding, uh, number two. A backslider is a saved person who falls into sin. So, you can't backslide if you never knew Jesus Christ. A backslider, uh, part one, is you were once a Christian. You once accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. You cannot uh, be someone here that's seeking salvation and has never received the gift of, uh, of uh, salvation and put yourself in the backslider category. A lost sinner cannot be a backslider. You, you have to go somewhere before you can slide back. So in other words, you have to get to Christ before you can back away from Christ. You have to know Christ before you can turn from Christ. If that's you, you don't have to say anything. Just, just let the Holy Spirit minister to you right now. But, but if you're truly born again, a child of God who falls into sin is a backslider. So a, a backslider is a born-again Christian who has fell back into their old sins. We're just discussing categories here. It may be outrageous and gross sin that's known to everybody and everybody can see it. Oh, 
they're drinking again. Oh, they're, they're on those pills again. Oh, they're talking crazy again. They're doing everything but what they used to do, which was pray, read the Word, go witness. Talk about Jesus. They're doing everything but that. Or it could just be simply this. It doesn't have to be something so obvious that everybody can see, your family, social media, and all that. It could be a coldness in your heart. Your heart's grown cold. A lukewarmness of heart instead of the burning fire and love for Jesus Christ. When a Christian loses any of his, now watch this, joy, or loses part of his sweet fellowship with God, or falls back into sin, then he or she is now a backslider. So we are discussing here not a religion, but a relationship of bringing people back to Christ, back to their first love. Remember, only Christians can backslide. And, and the Holy Spirit showed me this. People in the Holy Word of God been turning away from God or backsliding from Adam to Judas. Adam knew God and rebelled against him. Did he not? Judas walked around and listened to everything Jesus Christ said. He was considered one of the disciples. So if you're in that category, all I want you to know is there's hope for you. Let's go to the third category, lukewarm. I can't see that clock right there because of the sun. Okay. No, it don't matter about no clock. We're going to be right on time, in the right place at the right time. Just maybe close the blind or something. Let's go on to lukewarm. Thank you, my beautiful wife. There you go. That's perfect. You know what time it is? It's exactly the right time. Okay, the third part is Jesus. It's time to follow Jesus. No turning back. That song just popped in my head. No okay, I, I have decided to follow Jesus. No turning back. Isn't it amazing? Isn't it amazing that I can't sing and still do? <laughs> Lukewarm. Look, we have joy in here. The, the 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 spirit of joy. Jesus Christ, He's in this room. He's in He's in the chat room. He's everywhere. He's all things to all people. He's not up there ready to squish you like a bug. He's calling you back. The title of this isn't saying Jesus came to squish you like a bug. It says God's calling you back. So have hope in this. Lukewarm. Strong's number 5513. This word is chilarios. I'll spell it. C-H-L-I-A-R-O-S. This is tepid, and it comes from the word clio. Clio. I think it's a hard O. Clio. This, uh, this word, as it was written in the Greek, means to become word, uh, become warm. So if you're lukewarm, you've become warm. And I'm going to explain something to you real quick. You're not whole, hot, and you're not cold. So before we go into these foundational scriptures that are going to change all of our lives forever, 
because the Word of God is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, and it's going to come alive. Before we go to a few of these scriptures and, uh, and have this prayer and this altar call, I want to explain to you something about lukewarm and why that term was used uh, to become warm. You know, it, it, in, in, uh, in Jerusalem, in those areas where Christ had his ministry, the anointed Messiah, our Savior, there was, uh, there, was, there, was, there was water that would flow through the rocks. And some of it had to travel a long way. Remember when didn't Moses hit like a rock, rock with this stuff? What came out water? Well, it was the same thing hundreds of years later. This was, a, this was something that was created and the water would flow. But, but where Christ was preaching at, because Christ always used what was around him. Amen. Something, something just hit me right here. I'm going to say that again. Christ always used what was around him. What's around him right now? We are. That just hit me. We are. Okay, so the water would have to travel so far that it may have started as cool, refreshing water, but it, by the time it got to where it flowed out of the rocks where Christ was preaching, it was lukewarm. And, and, and what, what, it, what it couldn't do is quench your thirst. I mean, literally, it, what Christ was saying is, look, I wish you could satisfy. I, I, uh, help me, Lord. I, I wish that you were, were, uh, were, were either hot, because with hot water you can boil, you can cleanse and purify things. Thank you, Holy Spirit. You can boil things. Uh, uh, you can cook with hot water. With cold water, you can refresh yourself. You've been walking through the desert of trials and tribulations. Am I talking to somebody right now? And when you come upon, you want to drink some warm water out of the rock, or do you want a cold uh, uh, Dasani? Watch this. I'm thirsty right now, and that's real. That coldness hits me. You know what it does? It satisfies. And that's what Jesus Christ was saying. You like this water coming out of the rocks. They, they could, what are you going to do with lukewarm water? They didn't have no refrigerator. They bottle it and go put it in the refrigerator and sell it. Basically, he was saying he was using that as an analogy that I wish that you were usable. So uh, that, that's, that's lukewarm. I wish you were of some value in the kingdom of God. Speak, Lord, speak, Lord. I wish you were willing with the passion to obey me. I wish that you were seeking me. But you're not on fire. You're not sitting over there cold. You're just walking as a Christian. You got a Christian hat on and a Christian suit on and you got some Christian social media things and you're posting Christian scriptures, but inside of you there's no burning desire to have a relationship with me, to share me with others, to do what I asked you to do in my holy word. That is gone. You look warm. And, and, and you know what happens when you drink some bitter, lukewarm water out of a rock in the Middle East desert? You know what I'd do? I'd spit it out. Christ said that's what he's going to do. 
Let's get serious for a minute. Christ said, because you're either hot or cold, because you're lukewarm, I'm going to spew you out of my mouth. Is that too real to say that? That there's coming a point where Christ will simply reject people and say, I never knew you, and you're like, but, 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 but. There's no buts. It's judgment time, like when we started. Let's, so, so I just wanted to explain reprobate, backsliding, and lukewarm. Because what we want to do is we want to get on fire for Jesus Christ. By the end of this message, by the end of this day, I want all of us on fire for Jesus Christ. Do you understand? I'm a wretched man. I'm the least of the brethren. I, I, I don't have a perfect life. Uh, you know, sometimes my mind has issues. Sometimes my heart has issues. I, I go through trials and tribulations. I go through struggles. Sometimes I wake up and, and I'm in the biggest battle of my faith ever. But one thing I'm sure of and one thing I know is that I love Jesus. There's a burning passion inside of me. And then it comes out and it manifests itself and others can see it and know it. Because it's the light of the world in me. It's the Christ in me. It's the hope of the return of Christ in me radiating out of me that people are seeing. It's my love for Jesus Christ being evident to the whole world. And it's contagious. And, and, you know, the, the Holy Spirit gave me this before we go to, we're going to go to Revelation 2, 4, 5. Revelation 2, chapter 4 and 5. The Holy Spirit always gives me something right before I give these messages. And, and this, is, this is what He's given me this morning while I was in prayer. Christ is coming back for us. And there's some people that have somehow been convinced that their their life needs to be perfect to be accepted in the beloved. Your mind has to be perfect. Your walk has to be perfect. You, you, you can't be going through any trials or any tribulations in your life when Christ returns. you got to be in a perfect place on calm waters. But the Bible doesn't record that. Jesus Christ records He's coming back like a thief in the night. And the only way you can be saved is through His grace. It is by grace you've been saved, through faith, not by works, lest any man should boast. So it don't matter how much works you're doing, that has nothing to do with it. It has to do with the mercy and grace of God and your faith in that mercy and grace of God. Acting in faith. Walking in faith. It doesn't matter if you're in the biggest trial of your life. Holy Spirit, speak to these people that you're showing me right now. Your marriage is shaky. Your job is shaky. Your income is shaky. You're beginning to pray less and lose faith. Christ loves you the same then in the trial as He does when your life was sailing along perfectly. You see, in this life we're going to have trials. We're going to have tribulations. Well, we're gonna, the, the Bible records that He will deliver us out of them all. That He'll hear our prayers. There's going to be times where you're not going to have the best day. That could be today. But that does not change your love for Christ or your salvation. The situation that you are going through right now, Christ is very aware of that. And that has nothing to do with His love for you or your love 
for Him or your salvation. Some of the greatest people, uh, the patriarchs mentioned in the Bible and stuff, were shipwrecked, bitten by snakes and shaking them off. It wasn't an easy walk. So if you're looking for the perfect life as a Christian, it don't exist. But what does exist is whether you're on fire for Christ or not. Whether you're still facing Christ, looking for Christ, praying to Christ, or you're turned away from Him and looking at the world and looking at pornography and looking at drugs and looking at all the things you used to do. And only you know if you do that. It does not matter to me. Unless you send me a prayer request, I'll never know. But it matters the eternity to Jesus Christ. That's why he gave me this message. It matters to him that you've turned from him. And he didn't turn from you. He says, I will never leave you or forsake you. What can happen is you can leave him because of trials and tribulations. And I'm here to tell you that your faith can stand the test of time if you get rooted and grounded in him. If you read this word daily. If you pray to Christ daily. If you ask him to come in and, and reveal himself to you daily. If you get in a relationship where you say, Christ, my faith is unbreakable. My faith is unshakable. My love for you is unchangeable. Then it wouldn't matter what situation you were in in life. You're good. It's not the situation. It's your faith. It's your love. That's why I said, I wish you'd return to your first love. He didn't say, I wish you'd come out of this, this trial and tribulation you're in. I wish your marriage was perfect. I wish you were doing more for me. He said, no, I wish you would return to your first love. Let's go there. Revelation 2, starting at verse 4. And he's talking to the seven churches of Revelation. Nevertheless, I have some, uh, somewhat against thee, and I've underlined this. It says, because thou hast left thy first love. Now, here's the thing. You backslid. You left. You left Christ, or you're lukewarm. You're not seeking Christ because it, you left Him. So in other words, what it's saying here is you can't leave something you weren't with. So you were with Christ, you were on fire for Christ, you had a passion for Christ, and, and it went away. And so 5, he said, and I underline this in verse 5, he says, remember. So today is a day of remembrance. Today God is calling to remembrance the people that have left Jesus Christ. They've left their love for Him. They've stopped seeking Him. They've stopped praying for Him with the passion and just turned to the, you know, now I lay me down to sleep. I pray the Lord my soul to keep. I hope I wake up tomorrow. That kind of prayer. Instead of, Jesus Christ, I need you now more than ever. You know what situation you're in with Christ. And he knows, and that's really that all matters, is you and him. So today he's saying, remember me. Remember the day. This was my prayer while I was on my face in here, man, just 10 minutes ago. Actually 40 minutes ago looking at the clock. My prayer was, Lord Jesus Christ, show up in this service 
with the anointing and the Holy Spirit conviction that got me to that altar at age 15. Lord Jesus, I'd ask that you'd pour out the anointing. I ask the Holy Spirit would show up and convict the hearts in the same fashion it did to me in the 70s at the age of 15 that drove me to the altar in tears. I ask that he would rain that down on this service now, and he will. That's my prayer. Holy Spirit, come in and convict hearts. Jesus Christ, come in and soften hearts right now in the name of Jesus. You and the family members that will listen to this, you may not even know they'll listen. Holy Spirit, convict their hearts in the same fashion you convicted my heart at the age 15 and saved my soul. Hallelujah. Remember therefore from whence they're fallen, fallen from grace, eh? and repent. So in other words, look, stop, you've left me, you've, your, your love for me has went warm, you're, 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 you're like the, the, the water coming out of the rocks, I want you to repent, I want you to turn away from whatever you're in today and come back to me. It's an altar call from Jesus Christ Himself. It's not a condemnation. It's a comeback. And it starts with you repenting. It starts with you turning back to Jesus. Or else I will come unto thee, and it says, quickly, and I will remove thy candlestick out of his place, and underline this, except thou repent. And a lot of people, they don't even understand the word repent. Unless you turn away from the world, and that sin you think nobody sees, I see. Unless you turn away from all that, and turn back to me, and put me first in everything, instead of all the stuff I delivered you from, then I'm going to remove your candlestick. And, I'm cut, and it's going to happen quickly. Repent. Turn back to me. That's the message of this. Lukewarm and backsliders, return to me now. Next scripture, Revelation 3, one chapter over, verse 1 through 3. And I'm still talking about the seven churches here. And unto the angel of the church in Sardis, right, these things saith he that have the seven spirits of God and the seven stars, I know thy works, that thou hast a name that thou livest, and are dead. Again, talking to someone who knew Christ, but spiritually are now dead. You see in the pattern here? Two. Now watch this. Be watchful. These are commands from Jesus in the red letters under the spirit of prophecy. Strengthen the things which remain that are ready to die. For I have not found the works perfect before God. Verse 3. Remember. There it is. Today I want you to remember me. How thou hast received and heard. What do, what do we receive and heard as a Christian? We received and heard the gospel of Jesus Christ. That he, was, he, was, uh, he was, took our sins and he died for our sins. And, and, the, and the, the grave couldn't hold him. And he rose again. And he sits in full power. And he gave us an excellent way. A second covenant. Blood atonement. Sin debt paid in full. That's the gospel of Jesus Christ. You are saved by grace. 
through your faith. It's a free gift. The altar is open. You can come up, be saved. You can rededicate. You can go from lukewarm to hot. You, you can uh, stop your backsliding. You don't have to go another day. We're in, still in the age of grace. But it starts with you. He's saying, remember, there's a lot of people today trying to get your attention to get you to remember things. Satan wants you to remember your past. Your friends that aren't saved, they want you to remember the old you. But Jesus Christ, He's saying, remember me. Hold fast and repent. There it is again. Turn back to me. I will come on thee as a thief, and thou shalt not know what hour I will come upon thee. Cross references 1 Timothy 6.20 and 1 Thessalonians 5.2. We all know what he's talking about here. He's going to come again, and he's not going to give a warning. Hey, coming tomorrow, like you see some of these people talking about. I'm coming on this date and that day. No, a thief don't call and say, hey, Minister Paul, I heard you got the hookup over there. I'm going to come rob you tomorrow. A stupid thief might do that. <laughs> but uh, Christ ain't stupid. Let's go to the next scripture. We're at First uh, Peter 2. 20 and 21. Get through these scriptures here. Thank you, Jesus. It's right after Hebrews in there. Okay, 1 Peter, did I get that right, babe? 2, verse 20 and 21. I'll tell you in a second. Let me check seconds here, because I don't have it uh, highlighted. It's Second Peter. I knew there was a mistake on here. That's why I hand wrote on there. It's Second Peter two, verse uh, eighteen, and I'm going to read all the way down to twenty-one. Second Peter two eighteen through twenty-one. Very important scriptures here. Not too many left. Please bear with me. For if after they have escaped the pollutions of the world through the knowledge of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, in other words, after they got saved and were born again, escaped the world, they are, now watch this, again entangled therein, fell into the trap of Satan, Satan set a snare and a trap. That's what he does. And you fell into the net. Now you're stuck in. Therein and overcome. Now watch this. The latter end is worse with them than the beginning. Cross reference Matthew 12.45, Luke 11.26, Hebrews 6.4.6. What he's saying is, remember when Jesus Christ cast the demon out of the person and he said, you know, he bound the strong man. And I believe this is in Matthew 6 or 7, somewhere in there. Matthew 12, it looks like. I believe that's what it's referencing. He said, you know, if you don't keep your spiritual temple clean and stay focused on me and be filled with the Holy Spirit, 
then that demon I cast out is going to go get seven more worse than the first. We're talking about healing and deliverance now. That topic was uh, la uh, the last sermon. Go back. Healing and deliverance service. That's for you. Just go back. Uh, hit me up. Whatever. We don't want to deal with that. They will come back into you. And then your latter state of before you got delivered and, and, and after you got entangled in the world it is much worse than when we first met. Now you are in a worse state than when I called you to the altar of my heart, he said. 21. For if they had known better for them, for it had been better for them not to have the, known the way of righteousness, than after they have known it, to turn from the holy commandment delivered unto them. According to this, it's better to have never known Jesus Christ in, uh, in 2015 than to have confessed Him as Lord and Savior, went about talking about Him everywhere, and then backslid or become lukewarm. That's just the words of God. Next scripture. Je uh, Luke 9. Luke 9, the Gospel of Luke, verse 60 and 61. Remember the topic of this message as I give it. This is the one. Did I scratch that off in my notes? No. I should, uh, I don't know what this, go to James, I scratched it off in my, James 4, 13 and 17. I print out all my notes for my wife, and she's in there in the chat room. She's praying with you and for you, and uh, and I'm up here praying with you and for you also. James is near Hebrews. So we're going to go to James. Uh, my apologies on that. There's a reason for everything that happens here. James 4, 13 and 17. Now listen to this, please. It says, Go to now, you that say... Today or tomorrow, we're going to go into such a city and continue there a year and buy and sell and get gain. 14. Whereas you know not what shall be on tomorrow, for what is your life? In other words, you're making plans for tomorrow and these things you're going to do tomorrow when you're not even guaranteed tomorrow. That's all of us. That's all of us. It says, what is your life? It is even a vapor. It appears for a little time and then vanish away. Job 7, 7. What Christ is saying is you've got to have an urgency to get back to me. you talking about tomorrow. I ain't even promised you tomorrow. The thief part, the come quickly part. Is somebody with me here? 15. So what you ought to say, in other words, he's, he's telling you this is how you should be. If the Lord will, we shall live and do this or that. 16. But now you rejoice in your boastings. Remember, it, the, the, the boasting of your works means nothing to God. We're all filthy rags. You can boast all you want. You can get praised for all your works. But on judgment day, it means nothing. So you're in all these boastings. It says, all of this rejoicing is evil. Boast is to, to arrogantly brag. Come on now. 17. We're going somewhere with this. Therefore, to him that knoweth to do good, 
and doeth it not, to him it is sin. If God has delivered you from a sin and you perpetually turn from it, then that's sin. I'm going to read it again. For him or her that knows to do good and does it not, to him is sin. So let me give you an example. Jesus Christ placed it in my life twice a week to come up here and preach this word of God. It's commanded, he said, go and tell all the world about this saving gospel. And I want you to give an altar call. I want you to lead people to me. And I know that that's God's plan and purpose and design for my life. And I choose not to do that. That's a sin. I would be a sinner if I didn't come on here and give you this word today. I don't want to be a sinner. I don't want to be lukewarm. I want to be on fire and I want you on fire. So basically, do the will of God. What has God called you to do? Do it. There's a calling on somebody's life right now, in the room right now, and you've put this this calling of God on hold long enough. Jesus Christ said, I called you, I equipped you, I'm calling you back in. There's some things I'm going to move out of your life because you're going forth in my power and my authority because there's people you can reach that only you can reach in your area. And I want you to go out there and reach them boldly. And if you do not, then that's a sin. Galatians 5, 7, and 8. That could be for everybody here. Now watch this. You did run well. Look, past tense. Again, we're talking about backsliding, lukewarm, we've ruled out reprobate, and we want to get on fire for Jesus today. Who did, now watch this, I underlined this in my Bible, it changed my life, I got notes on it. Who did hinder you that you should not obey the truth? Following up on the scripture we just read. What or who has hindered you from obeying what I told you to do? From obeying the word of God. And you know what I wrote in here? So you were running well and then now you're hindered. I put lukewarm or backslidden. Wrote it right in there. It's one of the two. You're not on fire. Because Jesus saying you were running well and then all of a sudden you became hindered. Jesus Christ, he's the hinder, unhinderer. He's the bondage breaker. <laughs> I feel him coming on. Let's go to Galatians 6 and 1. I feel Jesus Christ. Galatians 6 and 1, same page for me. Now listen. This is what we're going to do right now. Brethren, if a man be overtaken in a fault, or a woman, overtaken being the uh, the word here, it's just, they're, they're, it's consumed them. It's consumed their lives. We don't pick on saints. We don't put them down. We don't make videos about them. We don't talk about them behind their back. We don't go off and, and gossip and backbite about them. God hates those things. Let's stick to the Word of God. Ye which are spiritual, restore such a one in the spirit of meekness, and you consider thyself 
lest thou also be tempted. In other words, understand you could be you, you could be what's the word? You could be overtaken in a fall just as easily as they were. I want you to go pray for them. I want you to go edify them. I want you to go exhort them. I don't want you putting them down that you know, I'm the righteous judge. I want them restored back to me. Because it could happen to you. Don't think so highly of yourself that it can't lest you fall. Don't let pride creep in and open a door up into you to where you ain't never going to backslide again, ain't never going to turn from Christ again. You are so high-minded and haughty, I heard the Holy Spirit say, that you just got it like that, that you are now in a position where you don't have to help anybody. It's just you and Jesus in your room and it's all good and you could care less about other people and when they come across their path, you don't witness to them. You don't be the light to them. Matter of fact, when they leave, you talk about all the things they're caught up in. Jesus Christ saying, you better be careful. There's a woe coming. That could be you one day. And it's a sin... If I tell you to encourage somebody who's hurting and, and needs me and you don't do it, now that's a sin on you. In my notes I put, you know, Jesus Christ, because he said, I, he, when tested, he said, I give unto you a new commandment. Love one another like I love the church. You know, you, you know what the law of Jesus is? To love. Where's the love? Where's the love for each other? I'm telling you, it's in this room. It's in, it's in this office. It, 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 it's, it's in the body of Christ. It's flowing out. It's the love of Jesus consuming all of us and flowing out of us. And he's saying, look, you feel that love? I created that love. I love you a zillion times more than that. I'm calling you back in. I loved you enough to die for you. I want you to get right with me now because I'm coming again. I want you to fully understand the exact situation of where you are at with me and you right now. I want you to understand where you are in your relationship with me right now. I don't want no more games being played. I want your attention today. I'm calling you back in. It does not matter to me what you're going through right now. What matters is that you're coming back to me. I'm calling you back. I'm removing hindrances from your life. I'm bringing restoration. I'm bringing reconciliation. I want you back because I paid for that sin debt and fool that you're entertaining. And I didn't pay for it to you to wallow in it. I didn't pay for your sin so that you can entertain it. I'm talking to all of us now. Jesus is coming again. And He don't want us found in our old sin. He wants us found worshiping Him, praising Him, encouraging others, loving others. And He's calling us back. I pray, my prayer is that we fall deeper in love than we ever have in our entire walk with Him. That if you're backslidden, it be no more. 
If you're lukewarm, the fire of God hits you right now in the name of Jesus. The fire of God hits you right now in the name of Jesus. The fire of God hits you right now in the name of Jesus. And it purges the dross out of your life that's been sitting there for way too long. And you become a new creature. You become cleansed. You become transformed. You become renewed. You become refocused. You become re-energized. And you get up and you say, I choose today to not be backslidden anymore, to not be lukewarm anymore. This God I'm going to serve all the days of my life. And to the fire of God will hit you right now when you open your mouth and say, confess, that's me, Lord. The Holy Spirit's going to light you on fire. That's what this message is about. To get the body of Christ, the faithful church, on fire. And that's why you're here today. That's why you're watching this video right now. Christ died so that you can live life and life more abundantly in the fire of God. Hot. Satisfying. Being the light. Taking the bucket off of you and throwing it as far as east as to the west. What bucket? The bucket that was extinguishing your light. Taking that hindrance and breaking it by applying the blood of Jesus. Not me. You apply the blood of Jesus. See, you used to do these things. I'm talking to somebody right now. You used to break things off of your life. Through the power of the spoken word in your faith, you used to break curses off people's life. And now they've come upon you. And Christ said, I'm right. Get up. Get up off your feet and do what I called you to do because if you don't, it's a sin. Get up right now. Get on your feet. Lift your hands to me and praise me because I am about to restore every area of your life and your walk with me because I'm coming again. I died for you. I love you. You're mine. And I'm going to snatch you out of darkness into light. And you will never be the same again when you apply this to your life. When you take this word and hit it in your heart and you seek me daily. I'm going to go to battle for you, says the Spirit of the Lord. Woo, thank you, Jesus. <laughs> I'm going to go to battle for you, Jesus said. Let's close in prayer. I want to have an altar call. I would hope right now that every single person watching this video, it's been an hour, understand you're not reprobate. You're not hated by God. You're not despised to God. You're not rejected to God. He doesn't see you worthless. Who you are is who He created you to be. And He's called you back. And if you don't know Jesus Christ, today's the day that you will know Him. He assured me if I get in here and I read this prayer I'm about to read, and I'll tell you when the part's here to repeat, He will show up. He has assured me He will show up if you say this prayer. He cannot lie. Let's close in prayer. Praise you, Jesus. Lord Jesus, and I'll tell you when to we'll get to the repeat parts. It's an altar call. But let's let's give honor where honor's due, and that's to Jesus. Lord Jesus, I humbly come to your throne of grace to obtain mercy. We are in need of your mercy, Lord Jesus, and your grace. 
Shine your love on us right now. Let us feel your presence in our lives unlike never before. Right now, Jesus, we submit to you. We submit fully to you. Now, begin to pray to him in your words. Begin Instead of listening to me, say a prayer. Open your mouth and praise the one who died for you. Open your mouth and praise the one who has a plan for you. Open the mouth for your healer, your deliverer, your king, and praise him in your words. Open your mouth and give him praise in your own way. Wherever you're at, turn off everything. Put the dogs outside. Go sit in your car if you have to. But get your hands in the air and praise Jesus for what he's about ready to do for you. No more bondage, no more chains, no more time to play the games. We give you our all. you got to mean this. We want to be with you, Jesus. We need to be with you. We need to be right with you. We must be right with you, Jesus, because none of us are promised tomorrow. And even today is uncertain in this world. Jesus, you declared we are not of this world. I refuse to look at the cares and concerns of this world. I cast my eyes on you. I belong to you. We belong to you. We are your children you died for. Jesus, you gave the blood atonement gift of salvation through death, burial, and resurrection. And you paid our sin debt in full. So, Father God, we ask for full forgiveness of our sins. We repent of our sins. And there's no more ignorance or lack of knowledge of what, what that means. We confess our sins. And we ask for you to remove them and create in us a clean heart. Mold us to be more like you. We need you more. We need more of you, Jesus, right now in Jesus' name. Amen. Now listen. I'm very serious. I've never been more serious in my life. If you've not accepted Jesus Christ as your personal Savior ever, today he's calling you. That's what this is all about. I want you to repeat this prayer after me. If you've never accepted, and I want people to, to understand, it's about souls. It's about lost souls perishing and going to hell that we are interceding for right now. Keep that in mind as you chat. Keep that in mind as you pray. There's souls that are going to be won into the kingdom of heaven and inherit eternal life. And that Jesus Christ, he cried and died for these people. And we're going to intercede for them right now. Some of them could be our own family members. It will happen. Repeat after me if you want to make Jesus Christ Lord and Savior of your life. I would ask you that you do so now. Repeat after me. Jesus, right now, come into my heart. I know that you redeemed me. I know that you accept me as I am. 
Lord Jesus, be my Savior. Be my Father. I commit my life to you. Change me. Make me born again. Jesus, create me into a new creature. If that's you, ask someone to pray with you. Create me into a new creature right now. Say this from your heart. Jesus, I accept you as my Savior. And I will worship you forever. I will not turn from you. I give you my life. I open my heart. I felt the knocking. Hear that? Enter into me now. Amen. Amen. If that was you and you said that prayer, find somebody, find new friends, find people to fellowship with. This is just the beginning. And God's going to do a quick work in you. He's going to put teachers in front of you. He, he's going to, the, the word is suddenly going to make sense. The things I'm saying are suddenly going to make sense. Most importantly, when you go to go pray, you're going to feel him. He's, he's going to be real. He's going to change your life. And then you're going to go out. And people are going to see the change in you. And they're going to want what you want. This is the final harvest to souls before Christ returns. And he loved you enough to choose you. You didn't choose him. He chose you. If that's you, email me. There's Brother Buddy in there. Email some of these prayer warriors in there. Get on my Facebook. Go to my website. Just simply say, I gave my life to Jesus. Now what? Just say that. Go in the description box when this becomes a video. Or there's a website in there. Send a prayer request and say, I made Jesus Christ Lord and Savior in my life. I feel it. It's real. Now what? I got the answers for you and I learned them in here so now if you're backslidden or lukewarm the Holy Spirit had me writing this out while I had headphones on listening to worship music we're going to address that right now forever dear Lord Jesus I feel it I'm not sure how it happened But I have fallen away from you. And I know it. And you know it. I want to fall in love with you all over again. Please wipe my slate clean. Forgive me. Jesus, I love you. 
Jesus, I've heard your call. Jesus, I turn back to you. Jesus, help me. Help me to clean up my act, my life, my heart, my home. Holy Spirit, starting right now, open my spiritual eyes and ears to everything in my life that I must change. Things that must go. Lead me Guide me. Help me. Right now, I rededicate my life to you, Jesus. I will no longer be lukewarm. Set me on fire for you, Jesus. I don't want to go another minute. That's important. You open your heart. You know who he is. You know what he can do. That you pray in faith to him in your own words. Right now. Get somewhere. Do it after the service. Don't let this just be another service that comes and goes. You pray in your words. I messed up Jesus. But I am back. And I am ready to serve. And obey. And I will not look back. From this day, I will go forward in your power and your authority and be the person you called me to be. From this moment forward, Jesus, I promise you this. Jesus, you are my everything. My life will reflect that. Amen. Amen. Dear Heavenly Father, I've done what you've required of me to do. I've showed them in your word. I've showed them in prayers. I've told them you are calling them back and calling them in. Whether they've never known you or known you 30 years. I've expressed how much you love them. Now I add my faith to their faith and we become two or more. And your holy word decrees and declares that this prayer is now at your feet and will not return void. 
We claim these rededications. We claim these souls for the kingdom of God. I can see angels rejoicing right now in heaven over that one soul who said, I choose you, Jesus. I can see it. I can see lives being transformed. I can see end time, last hour ministries being birthed. I can see marriages being restored because you put Jesus at the head. I can see your children being saved. I can see tears being turned off in the Spirit. Because there's no reason to cry anymore. Because your weeping endured for a night and now joy has come in the morning. Because of the love of Christ, the love of Christ, the love of Christ has set you free. And whom the Son has set free is free indeed. Don't look back. Lot's wife looked back. We won't. Now, Holy Spirit, seal the perfect work that has been done. Seal it now. We reverentially say amen to our Holy Savior. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. You got anything there? Thank everyone who's in the room for their prayers for those who need it. We stand in agreement with you in what you're praying for. And Lord, we just thank you for your, your love and your fresh fire that you bring down on us today. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you all. We love you. We will continue to be praying for you this day and every day. It's about him. Alright, let's get to our prophecy update. Today I'm going to peel back some of the layers of this Islamic terrorist attack in Paris. And I'm hoping to answer what I see are two questions that are on the table. But first, I'm hoping you'll kindly allow me to uh, briefly point out some very interesting ironies surrounding what happened on Friday. Uh, the reason being is that I doubt very much these ironies are merely coincidental. Here's the first one. The band that was playing where over 100 people were slaughtered, assassinated, murdered, by the Islamic State, the name of the band, is Eagles of Death Metal. And listen to some of the titles to their songs. Flames Go Higher, Speaking in Tongues, Already Died, Chase the Devil, Kiss the Devil, Anything Except the Truth, how about this one? The Reverend and Secret Plans, just to name a few. Those are the song titles. Now, for those of you who have been coming to this church for any length of period of time, you know that this is how I came to Christ at age 19. I was demon-possessed, literally, by 
the influence of satanic music. And I've done, over the years, teachings on how it is that these people sell their souls to the devil for all the fame and all the money and all the sex and all the drugs in the world for their soul. What shall a profit a man if he gains the whole world but loses his own soul? See, Satan has always desired to be worshipped. And this is how he is worshipped. Uh, there was a band, I think it was um, Phil Collins at a concert. This is many, many years ago. He actually had an altar call at the end of his concert and concert goers could come forward and receive the laying on of hands. What? That sounds eerily familiar. We have to understand that Satan is the master counterfeiter. Again, Satan knows the Bible better than we know the Bible. And these people are missionaries for the devil, if I can say it that way. These, this, this satanic music, it fills the hearts and minds of young people. And I think it's a gateway to demonic possession. Um, one of the bands that I was heavily into, and I, I hope, and I'm not proud of this, but uh, the name of it was ACDC. And some of their uh, songs were Highway to Hell. And I, to this day, and again, I'm not proud of this, I can still uh, recite word for word the words of that song. And uh, I'm on the highway to hell. All my friends are going to be there. I mean, it is, forget about backwards masking. This is frontwards. I mean, it, the, the message behind, and don't say, oh, it's just a gimmick to sell records. I'll say what Paul said. Don't be ignorant. Don't be ignorant. That's, that's pure, downright ignorance, if you believe that. Satan, this is how he works. This is a satanic band. And they're not just singing about the devil, kiss the devil, because that's a gimmick. No. These people have sold their souls to the devil. And this is truly the devil's music. And music is a very powerful drug, by the way. You can get into an altered state of consciousness through the avenue of music. Well, I didn't want to get into that, but let's look at the second irony real quick. This is really interesting. You can't make this stuff up. <laughs> Al Gore, he pulls the plug on a live benefit for climate change some five hours into a 24-hour streaming show from the foot of, of all places, the Eiffel Tower, as a result of the Islamic terrorist attacks. Now, what's the irony? Think about this. The truth that Islam is the greatest threat facing the world, I didn't say radical Islam, that's a redundancy. That's a redundancy. Not, not talking about extremists or terrorists. I'm talking about Islam. The greatest threat facing the world today is Islam. <laughs> but it preempted, that's the truth. 
It preempted the lie that climate change is the greatest threat facing the world today. I didn't watch it. I couldn't stomach it anyway. But they, there was the uh, Democratic debate last night. And I heard that this was uh, stated again, that the greatest threat facing the world today is climate change. I'm going to go on record, and I'm going to say this in love, okay? Because I love. <laughs> the truth in love. Climate change is a hoax. It is a farce. It is a lie, and it comes from the father of lies. Oh, pastor, you're being political again. Political schmanlitical. <laughs> That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> it is a lie, and you have no idea what the agenda is vis-a-vis, quote-unquote, climate change, which, by the way, they had to change the name because global warming wasn't working anymore. Right? You heard about this, right? And it's not actually warming anymore. It's actually cooling. And so we got a problem. We can't call it global warming anymore because it's cooling again. And so we got to come up with another word that sounds really threatening. So we're going to call it climate change. I think it's just God. God is not mocked. God is not mocked. The greatest threat facing the world today is Islam. And here's this climate change thing going on in Paris, in France, at the Eiffel Tower, when all of a sudden the real global threat, Islam, launches this demonic, and it is demonic. You have to be demonic. You have to be demon-possessed. There's no other explanation for this. And I think that's, well, it's called poetic justice. I think it's really God's justice. But let me calm down and we'll move to the third one. Did you hear about this one? This is ironic. Hours before the attacks, this is Friday morning, Obama tells George Stephanopoulos on ABC's Good Morning America that basically ISIS is contained. Okay, again, I, I you'll forgive me, but... You can't make this stuff up. This is a quote. What is true is that from the start, our goal has been to first contain, and we have contained them. They have not gained ground in Iraq and in Syria. They'll come in, they'll leave, but you don't see this systemic march by ISIL across the terrain. Question. Why does the President of the United States of America insist on calling them only ISIL when they don't even call themselves that? Why? I'll tell you why. Because it is a slap in the face of Israel. Because L in ISIL stands for the Levant. The Levant is virtually identical to the original borders of the promised land given to Israel. Well, that's a coincidence. No, it's not. I assure you, and I don't fear man, this is deliberate. This is deliberate. And what's that uh, presidential candidate? You're getting political again? Fine. Lindsey Graham. He only always says ISIL. ISIL. Stop saying ISIL. Stop saying ISIL. Oh, they're the Islamic State. But the president said they're neither Islamic nor are they a state. 
Really? I'll never forget a cartoon I saw. Uh, two Islamic State Muslims and the TV with the president saying that. And they're, they're, the caption read, we're, we're not Islamic, nor are we a state. What does he think we are, Mormons? I'm going to leave that one right there. You'll forgive me. But I cannot, and I know this is improper English, I cannot not get angry. I cannot not get angry. This is a deception. And it plays into the strong delusion, I believe, already at play in the world today. Here's the fourth irony. I was on Twitter as the attacks were happening, and I quickly noticed the hashtag, Terrorism Has No Religion. And I thought to myself, terrorism has no religion. This hashtag started trending as the reports were coming out that the Islamic jihadists, by the way, jihad in Arabic means holy war. Holy war. Kind of sounds like a little bit religious to me. Religious war. Holy war. And they were screaming... Allah Akbar in Arabic means Allah is greater or greatest. Not great. You change the whole complexion of it when you understand the real meaning in Arabic. It's not great, it's greater or greatest. Greater than who? That sound like Lucifer? I will ascend my throne higher. Not just high, not just great, higher. The implication being higher than the most high. Than the most high. And that's why you hear Allah Akbar. These are Muslims. They have ways to We're not at war with Islam, so help me God if I hear that one more time, I'm going to lose my mind. They're at war with us. They're at war with us. And you can only say that so much, and people are going to start wising up. People aren't stupid. People are not stupid. They start realizing, wait a minute, you're saying that terrorism has no religion, but it's a holy war? Isn't a holy war a religious war? Yes, it is, as far as they're concerned. And you, you're trying to tell me terrorism has no religion, uh, and they're screaming Allah, which is the name of their God, is greater? And you're telling me that th this is not a religious thing? Well... It was this irony that, and I've never done this before, I started engaging on Twitter. First I posted on Facebook and Twitter, hashtag Paris, Isaiah 26, verses 3 and 4. You keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. Trust in the Lord forever. The Lord God is an everlasting rock. I was just heartbroken as I'm watching this thing play out. Countless people just dying. Their lives of the survivors never the same again. We prayed this morning in our prayer meeting that this would bring many to Christ. That this would be, be a catalyst. What, what Islam means for evil, God will work for good, like Joseph said to his brothers. I also posted...